0: hello everyone and welcome to episode four of the just saying podcast in this week's podcast we're going to do a week four nfl recap talk about a league roundup with some big stories popping up league wide some disappointments and surprises and we're also going to give our top 20 nba players list to end out the episode ready here we go
1: hello everyone welcome to episode four of the just saying podcast uh today is october 6th and uh we're gonna dive right in looking back at the uh, week four slate and uh let me just start it off by asking you sam uh all right LeBron gonna ah started off hard who started off hard this week so the first person that i have that started
0: off hard this week is cordero patterson oh man
1: the, the fantasy sweetheart the fantasy sweetheart
0: who scored Uh, He had three receiving touchdowns, 34 rushing yards and 82 receiving yards. Um, Kind of just coming out of the blue. No one really expected him to be playing at the the, uh, caliber that he is right now, but he's turning out to be quite the... X factor for the Falcons early in this season. You know he's listed as a running back? I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah. He was when he played on the Bears last season he was also listed at, listed as a running
1: back, which is kind of odd, but Yeah, I didn't know that. But he gets like six carries a game, so they, they put him they slap the uh, running back label on him fantasy. <laughs> he's just so fast for such a big guy, it just yeah, doesn't make yeah, it's, any sense. He's been in
0: the league forever. Yeah. Um who else? So the second one I have, I went defense. It's also kind of weird. He's a Bears player. His name is Travis Gibson. Okay. Um, He was the highest or PFF's highest rated edge defender from Sunday. Um, Not bad. So I had his statistics up, but I seem to have deleted them, which is kind of an issue. But anyways, uh, so he was ranked over players like uh, T.J. Watt and Nick Bosa. Interior edge, no edge. Yeah. Okay. So um, is he? Was he drafted by the team? I don't, I don't he know. He was drafted last year in like okay. the fifth or sixth round. So, Nagy, or not Nagy, uh, Ryan Pace actually has one redeeming quality. And it's, he likes to hit on players in the later rounds, which kind of a nice quality to have.
1: Yeah, but, Super cheap contract, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, for his game yesterday, he had three solo tackles, one assist tackle, um, two tackles for loss, one QB hit, uh, one pass deflected, and one forced fumble. So, for a player that, like Jack said, is on... Such a minuscule contract. It's good to see him producing some value for the team when players like Mack or Quinn have to sit. Definitely, definitely. But those are the two that I had for this week. I just wanted to give him a quick shout out, especially because he also posted an Instagram um, picture where he tagged Jared Goff in it and said that Jared Goff didn't have any answers. And I thought that was pretty
1: pretty hard also <laughs> to kind of fit with the the theme of this all. So That's a big um, win for the Bears. I mean, bad team, big win. Yeah, but like, you take everyone you can get, and I think especially in terms of uh, Justin Fields, who I'm sure we'll, 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 get, to we'll get to. But yeah. that, that was nice. I mean, he definitely adds something to the offense or the team that Andy Dalton just never could, and that's the deep ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get into that. I have a statistic on that, too, to talk about later. But Let's do it. So I actually took the same approach, and I did an offensive and uh, defensive player. My, my offensive player uh, was Chase Edmonds for the Cardinals. Uh, he had 12 carries for 120 yards. Uh, 10 yards a carry Um, he's just been running really hard this year and and he's really shifty Mm -hmm. Um, he had a a nice 54 yard breakaway run that we handed off at like the five yard line four yard line um, at around four yard line that was just really awesome and I kind of feel bad for him too because he may never get a touchdown this year because he at the goal line it's obviously going to James Conner and whenever Chase Edmonds is in, it's always the uh, the bootleg with Kyler where no one, I mean the camera's fooled, no one even sees it, and he just is sprinting to the corner. Edmonds has that Julio pack, he's just yeah, on that same type of Exactly. he'll never score. But he's I mean, he's on pace right now for uh, 1,000 yards, which would be his first 1,000-yard season. So, um, That'd be nice to have. Pre- pretty cool to see, especially because he was a uh, drafted product out of Fordham. Go Fordham, baby. <laughs> um, and then my defensive player for this year, for who started off hard, would be uh, Quinnen Williams um mm. he he's a stud honestly on a on a really really poor roster uh that being the jets who actually got their first big win we'll uh we'll talk about that in a little bit but uh quinton williams seven total tackles six solo two sacks one stuff and uh oh he didn't force a fumble but i thought i thought he had but uh anyways he he's just playing really good ball and uh i think he's kind of like the uh the anchor for that jets defensive front and probably the safest bet to be there in the next handful of years as projecting l- out. Yeah, as long as as long as he can stay healthy.
0: Yeah, um, I also didn't realize this is kind of unrelated, but I didn't realize his brother was on the the Jets also. Yeah, that's they, pretty cool. Did that's you see that?
1: Cool. Uh, him and his brother were the first brothers to get a sack in a game. Oh, I didn't see that. Actually. I don't know if it was ever, but it was like I saw that on ESPN like I think Monday morning. Oh, that's cool.
0: I yeah. thought you were going to mention that uh, both of them like went up and hugged their grandma after the game. I don't <laughs> know if you saw that. No, um, I didn't see that. Just cuz I guess she raised them after their parents uh, passed. So oh jeez, that's it, possible. It's kind of just a cool story, I guess. Yeah, very, very. A couple definitely. of those coming out of the NFL this Sunday actually. Definitely.
1: And and another cool story, um, depending on uh, how you <laughs> look at it, we're going to talk about who did not have a, a good start to the week, and that would be Urban Meyer. Uh, disastrous past uh, four days. Um, they, yeah. Well, actually, no, that would be like five days because they fight it out on Thursday night football. What are, did they have the 21 nothing lead?
0: They, they were, it might have been 14. I know okay. they were up pretty big, though. They,
1: they were controlling the first half of the game. Most and then definitely, yeah. The Bengals come in, steal the game from them. Uh, Urban does not fly home with the team, cancels Monday meeting, and he is bumping grinding at the ohio bar yeah and then it was kind of funny i don't know if you saw but
0: uh one of the pressers that he did he said his family was very upset with him which is to be understood obviously uh no excuse for what he did as kind of like meme worthy and funny as it is to see on the internet obviously there's like some real stuff that goes on behind the scenes and yeah oh man it was just rough that that came out like that but with all these cameras and phones around you gotta assume i mean you can't just be doing that in public even if you're gonna be doing it behind
1: closed doors like I mean, my take on it is, like, he wants to be fired. I I, th- I don't, like, I don't think anyone... I mean, he's he's out in a bar in an Ohio State sweater. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no effort to conceal himself. Just loves the college game. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole different topic for a whole other uh, discussion. And I guess I'm not, like, really the moral police, but he seems like a scumbag. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean,
0: <laughs> I guess if you just don't care that that might be put up on the internet when you have a a family a wife and a daughter and you're just yeah. you know just doing whatever like dude, you got to be thinking about other things and just yourself at that point point. plus like you said your head coach you should have flown home with the team anyways
1: yeah so kind of just an odd situation swirling around him 100 and that kind of leads us right into like the uh the hot seat power rankings mm-hmm. that we had going on starting last week um i want to say did we have urban at two i kind of wanted i kind of yeah. think we both had maggie at one I, urban two i, I agree I think yeah so. and, and I, think I think we had judge at three yep yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to assume we both have Urban at one for the one. power rankings. Yeah. So why don't you go from two on and give me your uh, hot seat power rankings?
0: So Urban and Nagy just switched spots in my mind. Really? Okay. Yeah, just because even though the Bears got a win um, on Sunday, Bill Lazor was calling plays the whole game, which obviously made the offense look revitalized. It looks so much better. Um, and it's never a good look when this is, like, the second time that – You've had to, like, fire yourself,
1: quote-unquote, yeah. and put in your OC to call plays for you. Well, isn't isn't the uh, the status and the games that Bill Lazor has been calling plays, they average, like, nine points more per game? And probably something like that. I remember because last season, Nagy uh,
0: fired himself. Lazor started calling plays. Started winning. Then, started winning. <laughs> well, yeah. But then what's funny is when we played the Saints, Nagy was calling plays in the playoff game. Really? He was, yeah. So then... I mean, just to rehire and fire something kind of weird. Like, yeah. I don't know why you just don't stick with it. But then like, just to go along with that, he also in the presser after the game was just like, the way that he spoke was like, oh yeah, I was the one that let laser call the place. Everything comes back to me. Yeah. Like I, I look good now. Like it just, yeah. if you guys had time, just go find it and listen to it. It's just terrible. It didn't make him sound good. Um, so he's still at my two. I think, I also think, again, we're going to talk about it later when it comes to fields, like he kept saying Dalton's the starter when healthy, Dalton's going to play. Obviously it's not the case now, but yeah, I almost feel like game. someone forced his hand to put fields in the starting spot. That's just my opinion. So mm-hmm. I think he's still up there because of lack of judgment and incompetency. Okay. And who would you have following him? Mike Zimmer. Okay. Uh, I, divisional, yeah. divisional foe coach. Uh, you know, they're what one in three now. Mm-hmm. Um, it don't look like they're improving at all. Like they played the, uh, the Browns a lot better than the Bears did, lost by seven, but I mean, I don't know. He's not, don't look like they're improving at all. It just looks like a like they have a really talented roster too, and they're just not really doing anything with it.
1: Yeah, I I, uh, I kind of had your exact order a little jumped around, so I I had Urban one, and then I put actually Zimmer at two. Okay. Um, I would say for me personally, I have like a. Uh, I just don't get in the NFL if you're, for example, a defensive-minded coach right. and your team has a bad defense, yeah. and you're a head coach, or if you're an offensive-minded head coach and mm-hmm. your team has a bad offense. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, what are you even hired for at that point? Right. So I would say, like, going on year two, where it seems just like the Vikings' defense is extremely inconsistent, and I mean they, they had, I mean, they did an admirable job. I, I would. I guess, holding the Browns to 14. But, I, I mean, the Browns dominated that game and bottomed them up. Wayne well, Baker was just throwing all over the place. Yeah. He was kind of having a rough game,
0: too. So my, some of like the um, scoring issues might be attributable, attributable to that as well. Yeah. So not just all of like the Vikings' defense, you know?
1: But I, I would just say that that's one of the things that I never really understood about uh, teams or, I guess, like uh, organizations sticking with a coach. Like, I guess, the Dan Quinn example in uh, Atlanta defensive minded uh coach and defense was terrible for years horrible so bad. um but yeah so i had, i have mike zimmer too and then th- three i would actually put joe judge and okay. then four i would put matt Nagy. okay um i would say that i just i simply did that because i think that Nagy has more talent at the quarterback position as at the quarterback position at uh his disposal um i I'm not a Dan Jones guy. He played an awesome game this past mm-hmm. week and brought him back to win. So, uh, you know, kudos to him. But I would just say that uh, Justin Fields, like when he, <laughs> the Justin Fields you saw, obviously the week before and then this one, like the, he's he's a really talented quarterback. It's very clear. Like, well, I also think that has to go back to Bill Lazor though, too. Yeah, just scheming a whole bunch. Of better. course, of course. But like, yes, Justin Fields but, played well. But in, at the end of the day, I, I'm factoring in that if Bill Lazor's calling the plays and Justin Fields is performing, then, like, Matt Nagy, I would say, is probably safer than the other coaches. No, I agree with that. Yeah, you know what I mean? But,
0: like, also at the same time, back to your point about being, like, a defensive-minded coach and having yeah. a terrible defense, Matt is supposed to be an offensive guru.
1: Yeah. And if you have to give up the calling. That's, that see, that's, that's troubling as well. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you said yourself that, like, uh, Matt Nagy's most redeeming quality in the building was being like a team guy and like an organizational uh, mm-hmm. builder. Yeah. So you know, I guess you never really want to pay money for like a head coach who's just like a like just a team builder a personality. Yeah, but and... uh, I mean, let's just see what happens. I like, guess uh, like even, no, I, even still, we're, we might be overreacting to everything. No, yeah, so. I'm not saying
0: I disagree with your ratings at yeah. all. Just out some things that both of us had said you know
1: yeah and, and so I guess that leads into kind of a little jump around the league we kind of we touched on Urban Meyer so many and, things uh, have happened yeah so many I was just going to say this is this is the benefit of uh, us doing this podcast uh, in this Wednesday slot that we do because uh the whole week kind of develops after the Sunday and you know teams make their uh waiver wire moves and you know practice squad moves all that uh some cuts actually happened uh a trade and uh So let's let's dive right into it. Let's first start with Justin Fields, which we touched on. Mm -hmm. Um, It was this morning, right, that uh, he he was announced? Announced to be the starter.
0: Well, actually, technically, uh, I watched the press uh, with Fields himself, and
1: apparently he was told last night, but they announced it to everybody this morning. I I saw that uh, article about how Field's parents wanted to take yeah. him to dinner. And so, like, studied a, film that night. It's yeah, like, apparently cool. he came home after they told him he was like, "Yo, oh, you know," because he yeah. said he
0: didn't even call anyone to tell anyone. So he yeah. just went home. His parents were there, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm the starter." They're like, "Oh, let's go out to dinner." He's like, "No, I have to watch film and like work out." So it's like, I love the mindset. That's one thing yeah. I want to talk about him, like with him, is his mindset's just so crazy. Like I know we talked about earlier, there was a report that during the Lions game he told a player to turn around because he didn't know who he was so he wanted to read his nameplate which is like insane to do when you're like a rookie and you have played in a terrible first game and you're only playing your second game really um and then just like like you mentioned the whole thing with his parents and then just the third thing with his mindset is just so funny uh during the game we ran a wildcat play where David Montgomery he ran a nice route he got off the line (laughs) he actually shifted the corner and got past him like he was about to catch a ball it was crazy he had a nice press release it was insane so just like I think he's just very locked into what he's doing and I love that because like with Mitch Mitch was just very self-conscious just always worried about stuff like they even limited him in press like conferences like like Mm -hmm. what he should say like people were always there and whatever so it's just kind of weird but like I love Field's borderline
1: arrogance it's just confidence but like yeah. you know i love it because i haven't seen it before but. it's it's a little bit of a flip-flop i would say because it 100%. seems like it seems like fields is more of like a uh he's like the kid that's going to take the training wheels off no matter how many times oh. you're going to put him on you know what i mean well
0: not, yeah that's the thing too like he might not like he's a rookie at the end of the day like yeah. it might not be pretty but i think playing him will be more rewarding than playing mitch was in 2017
1: 100 or go ahead sorry no I, i'm I'm totally on the same page with you. I think that he, there is a little bit of arrogance, and I think that he fully thinks if he's protected and has the time, which is a whole different story, That is a different uh, story. He, he probably thinks he can make every throw on the field, and he probably would try to make every throw on the field. Which, yeah,
0: yeah. And that's funny you say that, because I actually have a stat. So this past weekend, he ranked first, actually I think it's a culmination of all the weeks that he's played, but he's ranked first in aggressive throw percentage. Um, at 25%. So 13 of his 52 throws targeted a player with a defender within one yard. And yet, like, out of all those plays, he's only had three turnover-worthy plays. Wow. Which is pretty insane. So, like, he can throw it on a line. Yeah. basically what that shows. And yes, he does have two picks. Um, One was his fault. The, The linebacker just Went back into coverage and he threw it, and then the mm. other one was a
1: tip last week, so you can't really count that in my mind. But yeah, I mean, p- picks for a rookie, I mean, that's it's gonna happen. I mean, it's every day. Trevor Lawrence has seven. It's. I was gonna say <laughs> it's
0: different when you have thrown, like maybe like one a week or whatever, yeah. than like throwing like four like Zach Wilson
1: did. Yeah. It looked a lot better. He did. Does Monday? Well, we're gonna actually. That's actually a perfect segue. Let's let's talk about that. So Jets first win, Giants first win. I yeah. would say uh, the Jets first win. I, I think is more impressive I mean they play the All Titans big. Giants the fact that they had no win going into this week was pretty depressing they should have won at least two yeah so uh, Jets first win though yeah New York's going crazy that was that was insane I, I we were actually of fools. together watching yeah, of that that yeah. game I was one of the fools who uh, was totally sold on uh, the Titans uh, they looked horrible no, I mean granted Whoa. AJ Brown and Julio were out um, and announced out uh before the game and we i don't even think we knew when we made our picks but uh just with the talent though like, yeah like it, you're saying you just expect a lot more yeah i mean they had i know they they do this and have done this in the past but they legit had derrick henry out there running routes just to try and oh get, really just i didn't try and get the ball i only moved. caught the end with you yeah. so i didn't see it, but that's that's kind of
0: ridiculous yeah he's, he's pretty much good for one thing and it's just running straight through people yeah. not saying that he's not talented
1: outside of running the ball but like you know what you're going to use him for. Yeah. I mean, he would probably be a phenomenal receiver, realistically. Oh, I'd be uh, <laughs> scared the guard him if I was a corner. Uh, but, anyways, that was. I'm a I'm a fool. I, I the Titans suck. I can't bet on them anymore.
0: Well, yeah, That's it was kind of thing. weird because after that first week when the cars just absolutely thwomped them, we yeah. were just like, oh, you know, week one, yeah, like, by on Titans, yeah, fair. exactly. Let's just let's just like not say anything too sketchy about him right now just because we don't know what's going to happen but so far they've just kind of stuck with that trend which is surprising to a lot of people i think yeah
1: i agree and probably even to them also wilson made some big throws we alluded to it earlier he he does have a especially late game yeah 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 He's got a, he's got a nice arm on him, honestly, and uh, I think it goes. This all goes back to the same conversation that we're, we probably will have at some point through every episode, and that's the benefit of playing your young rookies. Mm-hmm. You know, they learn, they they get exposed to situations, and they uh, figure out what they can and can't do on the field. Because I think a lot of it is a, a little bit of like shock at first when they oh, come yeah. from being the best player on the field to,
0: to, to this league. Now I mean, everyone else yeah. is so good around you. Yeah, because I mean, like for Justin Fields, you're playing at Ohio State. I guess for every college too, you get that one two times a year where you play like a team know, that old Dominion, yeah, yeah, you know, and you're just like, okay, yeah. that's a cupcake game. I'm gonna put up seventy points on this team mm. easy. And now even like you play the Jags, and they, I mean, there's
1: professional players. Yeah. They're professionals for a reason, so it's not gonna be as like a walk in the park per se. I would agree. Um, and let's actually jump into this little string of uh, releases and transactions. Yeah. I guess uh, it, all, it all really started with uh, the Jamie Collins uh, release from Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of kind of discussed that maybe Jamie Collins wasn't even quite athletic enough to play in that defense. Um, <laughs> and I mean, he's getting older, uh, and yeah. so I thought uh, I thought it, it made sense for a lot of you know brink really good teams to sign him as a vet linebacker. Um, and that's exactly what kind of unfolded, uh, except in a little bit more of a shocking way. Well, yeah, the reason I laughed is because when you said that he couldn't play in that defense, well, I think a number of players could be starters on that defense yeah. just because they're so bad. But. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That that That's why it was kind of funny. But, I mean, sneaky Bill. Yeah. Bill, sneaky Bill. Bill's doing his thing. He's building constantly. Yeah, but it, we wake up, and it's uh, Stefan
0: Gilmore planning to be cut. That was crazy. Woke yeah. up that this morning since we're on the west coast you know that was like first thing this morning i saw when i woke up and well actually let's backtrack because
1: jalen smith got cut yesterday right uh yes it was yesterday okay so so yeah so it started with jamie collins and then we have jalen smith Mm -hmm. get cut yesterday who by the way in 2019 signed a 68 million dollar deal i believe it was like 19 million debt signing 34 million guaranteed uh, they're still paying him. I think seven and a half million for the rest of the year. Um, so I mean, he he got a lot of money for his time in Dallas. Just one of those guys that gets paid <laughs> and then just disappears. Yeah, which so, is
0: such a weird thing to think about, but you yeah, know,
1: it happens. But at any rate, so we kind of have this weird interconnected string where uh, it's Gilmore and then teams. It, it, it kind of comes down to uh, the Patriots were offering him via trade. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have a trade partner, so they were planning on releasing him. Uh, and then the Panthers come swooping in. Uh, yeah, that was wild. Yeah, I mean, J.C. Horn, they're... Oh, Horn, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Breaks his foot. So they come in and they patch up a uh, need on a defense that's already pr- pretty dang good. I think we mentioned last week that they were either ranked one or two comparatively with the Broncos yeah. in like every single category. Exactly. Um, so... That was and and then of course, so they trade for Stephon Gilmore and then immediately, quite literally thirty seconds later, it's announced that the Patriots signed mm-hmm. Jamie Collins back. Um, so Jalen Smith is still out there. Uh but that Packers talk. Yeah, Packers yeah. talk. Um which what there also was with Stephon Gilmore. Right. But this is kind of all sorting itself out and it's looking like uh, I mean the Panthers are uh they're aggressive. Well did you see actually um
0: going back to Sneaky Bill, so did you see that the I think it was oh what is that receiver? I'm I'm drawing a blank. Oh Muhammad Sanu. Oh, okay. They got like a second yeah. round pick for him or something. But yeah. then they just traded Stefan Gilmore for a sixth. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That, I mean, Bill. I don't. I don't know what that is. They just wanted to get rid of him because there was talk before the season about him getting traded or moved or you know cut or whatever the case may have been. But. I, I feel like he could have gotten more for him well, even though he's
1: 31 you yeah know. and I, I think I, I texted you about this earlier but I viewed it extremely similar to the Rodney Hudson situation with the Raiders this offseason mm-hmm. uh, pretty similar in that Rodney Hudson uh, obviously all Pro Center uh, Pro Bowl Center um, he wanted a uh, I believe I, I don't want to quote don't quote me but I believe it was a pay increase or just an extended contract Um and the Raiders were kind of shopping him, couldn't really figure anything they liked, mm. and then announced that they planned on releasing him. And uh, this was just after the Cards had missed out on Corey Lindsley, who had signed with the Chargers. And the Cards, uh, instead of waiting for you know everyone else to have their opportunity to make their pitch, they uh, swooped in and traded a uh, day three pick and picked him up. So him, I mean, man. I mean, I think it's a, it's a really just like it worked out for the Cardinals and it was a smart move then I feel like this will be a really smart move for the Panthers. Oh yeah I think it'll help them like you said they
0: had that hole to fill basically and they may have seen I don't know I didn't really watch the like majority of the Panthers game on Sunday but they may have seen that that was why you know they ended mm-hmm. up ultimately losing that game maybe there were some holes there that they noticed during the game like watching tape
1: so they went out and they addressed that need which is like you respect what a good GM it. does you yeah, know exactly so, good you respect it. I think yeah. uh, they're building something over there with Matt Rule. You think? I, I thought they were a, pl- a year removed from really winning anything in terms of, you know, playoffs and mm-hmm. uh, making a, a run at that. But, you know, they might not be uh, as far as we first thought. Cool. They they seem to be the second best team behind Tampa in that division. Cool. I, w- I would probably take them over the Saints. Uh-huh. Oh, I would too. Very comfortably.
0: Who knows what will happen when CMC comes back too.
1: Exactly. W- which is always kind of weird because when he's out, they still win. Yeah, and I
0: feel like... <laughs> Like, unfortunately, I feel like he's always kind of out. Yeah, Like Because I had him
1: actually on Fantasy
0: last year, and there was a stretch where he was out for, like, eight weeks. And it was always like, oh, he might play today. Mm -hmm. But they're just so cautious with him bringing him back because they know how valuable he is for that, like, playoff push. Mm -hmm. So hopefully he gets back a little quicker. Yeah. Um, But, you know. Uh, One other trade that we haven't mentioned, the Bears made a trade. Wait. wait. They traded for uh, Jakeem Grant. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. From Miami? mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, apparently they... Because we had joint practices with them this gotcha. offseason. Apparently, they really liked what he could bring. And we had Nasima Webster as a punt returner. Okay. And I think he was letting a couple drop and bounce. and. Gotcha. So, we cut him and brought Jakeem in for, I think, a six. Jakeem, my which, cousin. N- yeah, yeah. Which isn't like a huge, huge deal. But, you know, just I think that's just another thing.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, since you threw your team in the limelight, let's talk about my team. Oh. Let's talk about it. Because the Cardinals are the last undefeated team in the NFL. Um, Crazy. Who would have thought? I don't think many people would have confidently said that, including myself. Um, my my dad my dad actually called me last night and said the exact same thing, and I would said that I probably could have said we might be four and zero, but there's no way I would have said we're the last undefeated team in the NFL. Um, but it's it's been really impressive. I mean, we quite honestly we dominated the the Rams. Well, I was going to say you got your your fifth win over a big divisional opponent. Yeah, or, well, fourth, fourth. Oh, fourth. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, excuse yeah, me, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. 4-0, oh, yeah, and, and that, it's big because it starts off 1-0 oh in the division, yeah. Um, but yeah, exactly, and that was, as we alluded to last week, uh, close first win against McVay, uh, Cardinals' first win against McVay as an organization. Wow, yeah. that's really crazy. Uh, so it, was, it certainly uh, checked every box for me, mm-hmm. but I think uh, to look at it, I think there's nothing other to, other to say than uh, Kyler Murray, truly one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, um I say that confidently and I don't feel like I'm just being a uh a one sided Cardinals fan when I say it. I legitimately think that he's one of the true elite quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think it's it's funny because he's kinda of portrayed or painted as like a uh a running quarterback, but he's he's honestly just an unbelievable pure passer. I'm gonna say it too, because
0: we again we watched this game together. Um and he kind gets a lot of flack. I think i don't know if it's because his size he's just kind of small he seems like the type of person that's kind of easy to pick on just like especially i'm sure he got a lot of that during the draft process just his size and his abilities but man i mean he showed it against the rams against jalen ramsey again who people say is one of the best corners in the league um who everyone will say that actually not just people but uh so i mean he showed it against a good supposedly good defense made Aaron Donald look silly on a play, yeah. Uses his legs efficiently, but he's not the type, when you say running quarterback, he's not the type that'll run first. No. Like, I feel like Lamar's almost a run first type of guy, like yeah. things start to break down. Kyler will take that hit if he has to, and he has a huge arm, so yeah. he'll get it there too. Yeah, like, but
1: he's, he's, he's so good at, like, avoiding the hit and, like, giving up oh, his body. Yeah, know? yeah, like that, that Russell Wilson type. Tucks in Yeah, rolls, yeah. but what were you we saying?
0: No, I was just, just going <clears> to <throat> mention, like, one of the very first plays that I saw, because I got over to your house a little bit after that game had started was the pass to A.J. Green. Oh, Just a bomb downfield, like, right in the perfect spot. Yeah, Yeah, it was awesome. So, I mean, he's really showing out. He's really becoming one of the best quarterbacks, like you said, in this league. And it's funny to make fun of him because he's short and he looks like a little kid when he runs sometimes. But, like, I don't know. He's He's just for real. Yeah, he's just becoming so good that that's almost, like, kind of corny to say at this point. And I
1: think it's, like, I think the third and 16 that he converted – I, I don't know if you remember that play where he did, oh, yeah, he did yeah, like yeah. the jab step at right. the edge rusher and then yeah. got around him and took the sideline for the thing. I third think that was time. around uh, Leonard Floyd. I yeah, think. yeah I yeah. think so. I think so. I think you're right. Um, I just think that's one of a kind, honestly. I, I, plays like that and then... Being able to make uh, moves in open space. Yeah. It, yeah, it's awesome. And, and big kudos to Cliff because Cliff also just takes a lot of heat and is really kind of a... Honestly, unnecessarily tarnished at times. I, I feel like I think that he makes his fair share of bad mistakes, just like any coach. Um, I think if you're, if you're a fan, I mean, you're gonna have your issues with any coach that's your head coach. Um, so I, I just think it's it's funny, especially because they keep trying to box the Cardinals in as like you know Cliff runs this air raid and blah blah blah. I mean, the Cardinals are sixth in time of possession in the NFL. Um, They had a nine-minute advantage over the Rams in time of possession. Uh, Their only game with net negative time of possession was the Vikings, and that was, like, by two minutes. Um, So, I mean, I I, I don't think it's an error, I think it's a really Mm -hmm. sophisticated offense at this point. Um, You know, one of the biggest examples, I would say, is when the – it was pretty much the Rams' like last chance to really even make it a game uh, towards the end of the fourth uh, towards the end of third quarter early or, early fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they had a turnover and down on downs at the Cards four yard line. Uh, Cardinals take the ball and have a. Uh, 12 play, oh no, it's the one yard line. I'm sorry. Yeah, because that's what I forgot. Yeah, Stopped, yeah. yeah. 12 play, 94 yard drive took up eight and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we hit the field goal to go up 21, I believe. Yeah. Or what, 17. Like that, yeah. yeah, I think it might have been 17. But at any rate, I just think that, like, it's they're, they're becoming a very well rounded team, in, yeah. in my opinion. Well, two things that I noticed about that game, too.
0: Number one, Kyler didn't make that one or two yep. pick error, no, not at all, and that's what we were talking about. That would be the, that would be the key, uh, especially against Jalen Ramsey. So mm-hmm. that was huge. And number two, you were talking just about like air raid, how people think Cardinals are like such West Coast offense type deal. Mm-hmm. Your running backs, both of them, had a really good game. So like that kind of just dis- like, deproves that right there. So mm-hmm. like I don't know, it's just it's just weird. People hate on the Cardinals, I think, just because like i i don't mean this to come off as offensive but for like the longest time they have kind of been at the bottom of the NFL oh, west you, which horrible
1: like te- horrible franchise
0: so but like uh, the, when a team gets good you kind of just have to recognize they're good like if like for example the the cavs get good with like the young pieces yeah. they have you can't just be like oh no they're still trash like you yeah. have to admit that or the like the pistons whatever yeah, yeah exactly. exactly you just have
1: to be yeah. super um truthful with yourself i guess yeah i i mean and i think it's I think also it it probably ties into a bit of just like uh, it, it ties into that in the same aspect in terms of like media coverage. Mm. I would say like you know the the Rams beat the the Buccaneers. Oh, who, dude! Not to mention the Buccaneers like not looking that good you know they're, they struggled with the patriots past two games yeah, yeah they they're not looking that live. great yeah, yeah. their defense is certainly not looking that good mm. but you know the rams beat up on the the bucks easily and they're all over everything best team in the nfl of course and it's la yeah, right yeah and then the cards yeah. beat up on the rams and it's like the cowboys are great the packers are back yeah and, like the cards crack the top five and mm-hmm. it's just like I'm, and i'm not trying to imply that the uh Cards are the best team in the NFL by any mean, but I just, I just think it's interesting. And I'm going to point out two stats that I think are, are key for the cards. Uh, the Rams have allowed 30 plus points for the first time in their last 17 games. Their sixteen street game of allowing fewer than 30 points was their fourth longest streak since the merger. Um, And then the Cardinals are the fourth team since the 1970 merger to start 4-0 with 30-plus points and 400-plus total yards in each game. Each of the previous three teams' quarterback won the MVP and made the Super Bowl that season. (laughs) Wow, that's pretty favorable. (laughs) Pretty insane stat. I just wanted to share it. We're not going to jinx anything. We should probably jump into who I personally think is the best team in the NFL, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills.
0: They're a weird team. Not a weird team. Like, well, who who did they struggle against? That's why I call them weird. Cause they they sh- lost to the, the Steelers week one. Oh, that's right. Okay, so they struggled against the Steelers, who are brutally terrible. Yeah. Um, But that's when everyone thought the Steelers were good, because that was, like, week one or two, I think, right? It was week one. Yeah, okay, then, so it was, like, the very first week. So, And then yeah. you want to hear the stat of the following yeah, three two. weeks?
1: Yeah, the, so they lost to the Steelers week one, and the Bills now, in their last three games, are outscoring their opponents 118-21. to I don't
0: even know what to say about that. It's just kind of unfortunate if you have to play him at that point. I think I think Josh Allen's another quarterback that can kind of be in that same conversation as Kyler. People just like to trash on him because he's like from Wyoming. He, he like, also
1: had a very like unorthodox uh, entrance to the oh, league yeah. in terms of, he just was like a turnover machine, uh-huh. and then kind of just everything snapped. Yeah, Yeah. everything kind of just figured itself out.
0: I feel like the one play that I remember from his rookie year the most is that hurdle against the Vikings week one. Oh
1: my. But yeah,
0: just that first week he got that hurdle over, I think, oh, I don't remember, it was, oh maybe it was Eric Kendricks, I think. It was definitely a linebacker. But, yeah, anyways, so my he, and he picked sure up the shot. first down. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, this guy might be legit. But then he like struggled the rest of that year. But, dude, he's really come on. And yeah. we have a friend uh, who's a huge Sam Darnold fan. Oh, man. And last year, when oh, uh, there was a the whole debate, if. Um, why am I spacing his name? We were just talking about him. Darnold? No, no, no. Bill's QB. What am I? Oh,
1: Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm
0: dumb. Yeah. Okay, Josh Allen. Yeah, when he was about to be MVP, because he was playing really good oh, through, yeah, like, yeah. the first half of the season, you know? So, but uh, Cole, our friend, was like, oh, no, he's not better than Darnold, blah, 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 just because they were drafted in the same class. it's just so funny, but, like, like
1: I've been saying, like, he's just so good. Yeah, Josh Allen's so good. And he's not even really playing, like, uh, last year, uh, Josh Allen ball with, like, the the stats all over oh, the place, no, and, uh-huh. you know, like, the high-flying numbers. Right. And him and Stephon Dix have not really found that connection yet. Not as much. Yeah. Yeah. But they're just their defense is just, just like dominating teams. They're, down. Just, they're just steamrolling teams. I mean, they won forty to nothing. Yeah. Also, Zach Moss has come on pretty yeah, nicely. He, yeah. he has, And he was kind of a joke of like a fantasy running back. Right running into the you yeah. I was like, I don't want Zach Moss. Yeah. I tried to pick him up, but you know, <laughs> I'm zero four. By the way, so not but, looking good. I'm four and zero, baby. Just like my cards. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, on top of that. I would say uh, something also that, like, I personally think that the, the whole league got wrong is the NFC West is not the best division in football, I don't think. I think the AFC West is. Well, AFC, I think both of them are really good. I think we
0: kind of had this conversation that Seattle and the Niners kind of bring your division down. Yeah. Um,
1: Which is interesting to say. Yeah. Loud. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is super interesting because, I mean... Historically, those two teams have been the best in that division, mm-hmm. at least recently. Yeah. Um, but to your point, from head to toe, the AFC West looks really good, really
1: I, stacked. I think that they're really good, and and that kind of we can kind of mention. Uh, the Raiders did get their first loss uh, on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I was pretty surprised that they looked that weak in the uh, first half. But I still think that they're a pretty solid team. They're a solid team. I think their defense finally got exposed a little bit. Yeah, I would agree. Uh,
0: especially against that good old line Justin Herbert looked phenomenal. Yeah, I mean. Um, I love him. I, like, I may have mentioned this before, but I just think he's such a prospect. Just He's so big and just can launch it. So I, I love him as a QB. But, um, yeah, Derek Carr looked – who is still the NFL's leading passer. He looked rough. Like, didn't – I don't even know. I think he put up, like, 100-something.
1: Like, nothing too insane but he felt like he was just missing passes too it felt like when they were looking for that uh like the henry Ruggs deep ball Mm -hmm. it just felt like oh yeah he was just putting it out a little too far or along the sideline it just wasn't really quite accurate i think they hit it once yeah at the end of the game when they were starting to come back a little bit yeah um but
0: even with josh jacobs return they didn't really do much with him either you know which is kind of surprising
1: Exactly, and, and I mean the Chargers have a really nice front. Chargers are, I think, better. they have a, a good lot defense. of people think. Yeah, they, they're yeah. they're pretty good, and Durham James is right back at a very oh, yeah. very high level of play. Joey Bosa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but also to talk, I mean, to talk about that division, the uh, Chiefs finally get that a uh, much needed win, and they finally cover the spread. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. they finally do. So five touchdowns for Mahomes that, In that game. ridiculous which also like the the underhand shuffle passes just getting like here so, at this point yeah, it's so weird because <laughs> the bears have tried to do that too because Nagy's like a a,
0: yeah. a disciple so like it's so weird when you see it it just doesn't look like it's gonna work but it kind of yeah. does occasionally so it's just i mean the chiefs do it to perfection though that's just of
1: course that's just the chief's identity at but, this point. still though i mean the chiefs are obviously we're not breaking news by saying that they're a good team defense still has major good. issues. Jalen Hurts looked issue. real good against yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, he threw for 390 yards Yeah, basically. exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think uh I think that they're a very good team with a very big flaw. Yeah, in the defense. Are they still at the bottom of that division? I believe they I are. Yeah. Cuz uh Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders are all 3, three and one. 1. That's crazy. Yep. Dude. That's and super crazy. And the, then arguably the best team is last in their division. They're 2 and 2, right? Yeah. yeah. So That's wild. That, it is pretty insane. And I think on, on the same note, when we're talking, when we're kind of breaking it down in divisions, mm-hmm. uh, the worst division in football was projected to be the NFC East. Um, I would Which say it's pretty still, It's still pretty bad.
0: It's, it's still, not the worst.
1: Yeah, it is still pretty bad. I'm not going to take away and, and say that they're a good division. But right. I think the Cowboys might actually be a good team. Oh, I, I like the Cowboys. Yeah, I actually. think the Cowboys are actually a good team. But, and it's funny,
0: too, because they're doing it with some pretty big losses. It's oh, from yeah, injuries. yeah. Gallup. And exactly. Uh, Lawrence.
1: Uh, yeah, Demarcus Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like they have one more. Um, but at any rate, I, yeah, Dallas is a good team. Washington, uh not quite sure what's going on. Yeah, with I have Washington. no idea what's going on. Defense, Especially their defense. Their defense just isn't really that good. Heineke's keeping them in games though. Dude, he's insane. He's he's, crazy. A, he's an insane man. He's crazy. Uh, but yeah, to finish that thought, I personally think the worst division in football is the AFC South, and I think it's like pretty comfortable. I I was beautiful. Yeah, I I would say the AFC South has the potential to not be like to be far better than the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at it as a whole, but. I would say the you have no idea what you're getting with the Colts with Wentz. I mean, they get their first win, but I mean, they're they're a, like such a mesmerizing team right now. Mm, I mean, Quentin Nelson's agree. on IR now. Right, the line's kind of thrashed. Yeah, but they're apparently getting Ty Hilton back, um, which actually I think should be good for them. Um, Jonathan Taylor started running the the ball really nice uh, in this last week's game, but guess who they play this upcoming week? Baltimore on Monday. Yeah, Baltimore on Monday night.
0: Actually, I picked up their defense on really? fantasy, yeah, because I'm pretty confident that they'll do well against the Colts. But yeah,
1: so that's that's a tough game for them. And then yeah. the Jaguars, I mean, we don't have to really say anything about them, yeah. especially with their whole coaching debacle. Exactly. And yeah. then you have the second place Houston Texans, which who, by the way, <laughs> I want to
0: put a disclaimer. They looked really good to start the season with Tyrod. Yeah,
1: but um, it's just
0: not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It wasn't going to like carry on for a long extended period of time especially with Davis Mills it's mm. just not
1: the the Davis Mills experience was fun for two games and the whole hype that like Davis Mills could be the best quarterback out of their rookies was it was it was a good joke i think the hype too was just kind of funny cuz on
0: twitter like you're seeing all the memes about like how thick his neck was yeah. cuz he's just built he's just yeah, like yeah.
1: a wide with, guy with the coach having <laughs> both hands <on> his neck. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy it's yeah. super
0: crazy but uh, yeah that was never meant to be um, they have like arguably the worst roster in yeah. the NFL, um, and then so you, you know, and then you talk about the Titans, I dude, mean, who've been such a disappointment. We kind of already touched on that, but like they're a dumpster fire, such a dumpster fire. Defense, we I think we alluded to that their defense wasn't as good, like as other yeah. defenses around the league. Kind of like a like a Chiefs situation, I feel like yeah. is like the Titans because they have an
1: offense that should be producing, but fire. they aren't. Yeah, so it's kind of odd, and, super, and they're just not built to play from behind. No, they're not at all. I mean, they they should they shot themselves in the foot so much against the Jets. They were up nine zero at one point with three field three field goals obviously. Mm-hmm. Easily should have been twenty one zero. I yeah. mean I, I don't know if you're against the, the Jets, too, If you know. you're the Tennessee Titans and you have no Julio or A. J. Brown and you're playing the Jets, I'm running the ball with Derrick Henry thirty five times at least. Oh, yeah at you least. You know what I mean? Which
0: sucks for Derrick Henry, but But I don't even care. Yeah. You need to win. You have to. You I literally I need have to win. To. But, yeah do you think though, I'll ask you this question. Do you think that the reason that their offense is struggling to put up points is because of their quarterback. Like Obviously last week's a little different because like you mentioned, those two top tier receivers are out, but yeah. is Tannehill regressing?
1: No, I think it's an interesting uh, point because I actually believe um, Tannehill's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Oh, really? And uh, he also has, I want to say, the tide for the most fumbles. He has six turnovers this year, three interceptions, three fumbles, and uh, he's hmm. been sacked seventeen times, and I think Zach Wilson has been sacked sixteen. So I mean, wow. obviously you can't you can't blame the quarterback for getting yeah. sacked at, uh, right. uh, that much, but I think uh, I just think that I think that they're really struggling to replace Arthur Smith, and they really can't seem to find any harmony with their offense. And keeping it going, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I completely understand that. And those stats make me a little worried because Jack and some
0: friends of ours had a little scenario of how many sacks we could take with an unblocked defender coming off the edge. And the offensive line that we chose was the Titans. Yeah. So if that was our O line, we would be screwed. We would be screwed. Oh, man. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Um, So that's funny. But, dude, yeah, that's terrible for Tannehill. I think, like, I think I wrote in a column that he kind of looks. He's the kind of quarterback that'll keep you in games. He's not going to really do anything stupid, almost like a Teddy Bridgewater type. Mm-hmm. He's not. He doesn't have like the biggest arm. Not going to do like the most flashy stuff. But he's a, definitely a serviceable, serviceable quarterback that'll like help you win games. But like with like you said, with a terrible offensive line, that's obviously not going to help your case. At exactly, I yeah. agree.
1: Um, and I kind of just want to uh, before we get into our uh, next segment for football, I kind of want to talk on the NFC West really quick. Um, and I, I say this because. Uh, the Seahawks played the Niners uh, this past week and mm-hmm. we played the Rams. And yeah. then this upcoming week, we played the Niners and the Rams played the uh, the uh, Seahawks. Okay. So, uh, we'll put- we'll yeah, we kind of switched the division games right there. And I just wanted to mention uh, another big blow for the uh, the Niners. Robbie Gold, their kicker, uh, goes on IR with a groin injury. Mm. Um, so that's why he was missing all those kicks. So, no, he wasn't. It was their punter that was kicking oh, us. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah, even notice that. So, yeah, he was just... I don't even know if it was in the middle of the game or if it was at halftime. I can't quite remember, but yeah, Robbie Gold just, I guess, checked himself out, and then their punter, who's like uh, Wisniewski or something like that, uh-huh. who's actually a really good punter, was uh kicking their field goals, and yeah, he hooked like three or four. Yeah, out. that'd be just a bad yeah. spot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're they're they have uh, multiple kickers. I think on their practice squad for tryouts. So that's just uh, another blow. That's brutal because yeah. Robbie Gold, obviously former Bear, don't know why we
0: got rid of him. Mm-hmm. Obviously the double dink, because he could have been there to save us yeah. in that situation. Because we used to say all the time, like all the Bears fans, he's good as gold. He, he was like automatic. And he yeah. still is many years
1: later. So that is that is a tough tough blow to find a new kicker like five games in. So. Yeah, exactly. And I mean the, the special teams was the story for the Niners too in that game. And I think that was the reason they lost. Uh, they had, you know, on top of Robbie Gold, their kicker being out, uh, muff punt, uh, they had another really bad return on, uh, I think it was the next kick. Um, and then they had uh, uh, they go for two. Mm-hmm. They get a false start after mm-hmm. they, uh, on the go for two attempt, and then they miss the extra point with the kicker, or yeah. with the punter. So just a really bad day for the special teams. Also can't can't forget to mention that Jimmy G's
0: out. Yeah. Lance will probably be starting. Obviously. Because that obviously was yeah. a, a factor in that game yeah. as well. But, I mean, to talk about the Seahawks, they haven't looked normal at all. Oh, no. Like normal Seahawks at all. And I know you've always been, like since even before we started doing this podcast, you've been preaching that Seahawks aren't going to be as good as everyone thinks they are. Because were, weren't they projected at one point to
1: be first in uh, your division? I believe that at the, when the lines opened, it was Rams and Seahawks pretty much neck and neck, And then the, the it actually ended up being Rams, Niners, Seahawks, Cardinals in the, the order of the four favorites. Wow. But, wow. yeah, no, I agree that... The Seahawks, uh, they've looked kind of uh, shaky. But if there's one thing they can do is just pull a random running back out and and shug them for like 60 yards. Like Mm -hmm. Alex Alex Collins is now their new running back, uh, which was kind of funny because Chris Carson just couldn't get anything going during the Mm -hmm. first half of that game. And then this guy, Alex Collins, just steps in and just, he looked pretty good. Actually, he was running really physical. AKA Bo Scarborough. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That was another one. They had Bo. Like a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, well, honestly, that's what yeah. I was saying because yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. when he came into the game, you're like, "Is that Bo?" Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. Anyways, let's uh, but let's segue into our NFL segment. New uh, segment today. Yeah, new segment. I think it's pretty fun. Um, we're actually going to be listing. Uh, well, let me set it up by saying that we're about a quarter way through the NFL season. Uh, if it's a 16 game season, we'd be exactly now. We got the new 17 game season. So we're, you know, a little under, but we're going to give uh, thus far in the, in the first uh, rough quarter of the season uh, some Amber Alerts, <laughs> i.e. a player that's just been missing. Um, compared to expectation or uh, past years, yeah, past years or contract, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and then we're going to do uh, a couple uh, random PED tests, i.e., like Miles Garrett. I don't know if you guys saw Miles Garrett said he got the random PED test after wearing uh, short sleeves for the first so, time this year. Yeah, yeah. And, and so when Super we say fun. that, we're going to be talking about players who are just truly exceeding going off. Uh, expectations and, and yeah, quite literally just going off.
0: Start stop Jack.
1: All right, let me see. I wasn't quite ready. Okay, I can, can start, start us. us. I can start us. if You want? No, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay, let me click through my computer. So my first Amber Alert is
0: a Chicago Bear. Really? Allen Robinson. I had a feeling this one was coming. Thirteen receptions, 149 yards, and one touchdown. The man who can, is can on you a franchise again? Sorry. Yeah, it's thirteen receptions, 149 yards, Ooh. and one touchdown through um, four weeks on like what the 18 million
1: dollar franchise tag.
0: Yep, he's on the franchise tag, and this is a man who wants more money. And yes, I can't. Put it past that there's some coaching issues, yeah. there's an offensive line issue, there's some quarterback issues, obviously, which have been resolved, but uh, the latter has been resolved. Um, And he may be get, getting more balls with uh, Fields' ability to throw it down yeah, the exactly. But, I mean, still, through four games, you're supposed to be one of the top-tier receivers in the league. You haven't produced. It's yeah. kind of worrying for – I'd say it's more worrying for him, if anyone else, because at least we have – like Mooney showed out on Sunday and he played really well. So for A-Rob, you got to start playing better if
1: you <clears throat> want that new contract next year with either a new team or the same team or whatever, man. I agree. I agree. Here, well, let's go back and forth. Yeah, so good. my first Amber Alert is actually George Kittle.
0: Okay. Yeah, um, that was
1: one I was thinking about putting. Yeah. yeah. So I had uh, George Kittle who has uh, 19 receptions, 227 yards, zero touchdowns. Uh, He has his lowest uh, yards perception, yards per reception in his career. Mm -hmm. Um, And last year, he only played eight games, but in eight games, he had uh, forty-eight receptions, six hundred and thirty-four yards, and two touchdowns. So his, uh, I mean, his yardage uh, production is about a third. Of what he did in uh, twice as many games last year, and yeah, we're approaching uh, that game. Yeah, so I mean, I, I just think uh, George Kittle, who is widely considered uh, to be one of the best tight ends in the league, um, maybe even you know neck and neck with uh, Kelsey, and now uh, you know like Waller, Hawkinson, right. all, all those emerging ones. Now, um, it's, it's been a weird start for him.
0: It definitely has. Yeah, yeah. usually you see his name every Sunday, yeah. like mentioned either on ESPN or you know, exactly. fantasy or whatever the case may be but it, and it seems quiet. like that body's
1: been a little roughed up. I, I feel like I've seen him a handful of times uh you know he's always wrapped yeah, like something. he's missing on the ground, yeah. late to get up, mm-hmm. you know? It might it might just be cuz Jimmy Garoppolo throws hospital balls, but like yeah. I mean still so, <laughs> well, something fine. to look at. Well,
0: probably won't help this case that a rookie's coming in next week either and he also, exactly. it might, you know, another factor of this might be too, he
1: takes blocking really seriously. Oh, yeah, he's a tremendous blocker.
0: And that has got to wear yeah. on you after some time. I agree. So, you totally know, this might be another thing. So my second one, Julio Jones. Okay. So although he's been hurt for, you know, what he set out one game, and that was this last Sunday, mm-hmm. 12 receptions, 204 yards. I mean, kind of similar stats to Allen Robinson. He has, like, 50 more yards, one less reception. No touchdowns, obviously, but that's just kind of his MO. Just not scoring ever. And for a player that's supposed to be, again, like, top three, top five receiver. Yeah. I mean, maybe even ever. Yeah, Yeah, ever. 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 Yeah, for sure. Like, you're expected to come in and produce. And I think even Vrabel kind of got on him after, I think it was week one, for, like, dropping a ball or something like that Mm because – He just hasn't looked like old Julio Julio Jones, and he is getting older, he's not that old, but I don't know, just
1: being Julio, you expect Julio to do Julio yeah. you know well let me uh, jump off of that one because it's funny you say that I had a, I actually had AJ Brown okay there um, you go. so coming off back to back a thousand yard a uh, thousand yard seasons to start his career on uh, his first a thousand yard year was 52 catches his second was 70 catches Jeez. Um, he currently has seven receptions for 92 yards and a touchdown on the season wow. um, there's been some health issues uh, also he did miss uh, last game and I believe he got pulled early from their week three game um, but I would say AJ Brown was probably one of the more hyped up receivers coming into this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say he was even advertised as maybe the best young receiver in the NFL uh, when you look at like you know like under twenty five or under twenty six, right? That like arbitrary number that ESPN uses. Yeah, it's always twenty five. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's been it's been interesting. I'd be I'd be pretty worried if I was a, uh, a Titans fan. I'd, I'd feel happy that the division is as bad as it is. because right. you, you can know, always make it back yeah, up to the top. Anything can happen. But uh, yeah, the. I mean, you're, you're complaining about Julio. Julio has yeah. three times as much the production. I was just about to say, it's not good when your top two receivers are getting listed on our Amber Alert segment. So it's, just, it's not great. Yeah. But that's, that's crazy. Do you have a third? Or I do have one more. Yeah, go for it. So my third is a
0: defensive player. His name is Chase Young. Chase Young, zero Ooh. sacks, nine total tackles through four weeks. Ooh. Nine tackles total. And he, this is a guy, I mean, this is a defense in general that you're expecting the numbers, the output.
1: This this is a guy who was also kind of, like, what's the word? Uh, he was kind of, like, flaunted as, like, a next face of the NFL kind oh, of yeah. guy. like Nick Bosa, yeah. like, the next up yeah. Ohio yeah. State, Joey Bosa, you know? So I mean, he gets the advertisements, too, which, I mean, doesn't mean everything. Um, but still, just yeah. keep going. Keep it's going. Just, it's yeah. just weird. He has zero sacks. He's yeah. supposed
0: to be, like you were just mentioning, I think, well, he won Defensive Rookie of the Year also. Yeah. So you'd expect him to kind of just jump off that and continue to... Um, progress and get better but he's kind of had a, a, a regression yeah so I mean not good to see if you're the Redskins I, or excuse me the Washington football team yeah chill. I, I, yeah so we gotta bleep that out jeez <laughs> uh, but I w- obviously I wouldn't be worried if I'm the Washington football team but it's They're just building. yeah it's just kind of yeah
1: it's not fun for them right now in all I got another one that's probably uh it's it's really not surprising, honestly, if if you you know follow, had followed this guy last year. But uh, that's Kenyon Drake. So uh, Kenyon Drake uh, hmm. currently has the fifteenth average annual value of running back contracts in the NFL. Um, I believe that puts him like right in between. Uh, it was like Tariq Cohen and uh, oh jeez. It sucks that I forget because it's like an actual guy who produces in the NFL. Maybe it might be Eckler, but I'm not sure. Right. Don't don't quote me. But anyway, at any rate, he's getting. It's he's on a two-year, eleven million dollar deal. Uh, he currently has 22 carries for 46 yards, uh, 2.1 yards per carry. Yeah. Um. If you, you know, if you're a Cardinals fan or if you're a Raiders fan, I'm sure you're familiar. You know, now that he just refuses to run down the field, um, it's always the sideline with Canyon Drake. East and West type of guy, yeah, not East a North-South type of guy. Horrible, horrible signing for the mm-hmm. Raiders. But yeah, that, that would be my uh, last Amber Alert, and I guess that can kind of push us into the uh, random PED testing. Side. Yeah, and there definitely are some players that are going to need some.
0: Yeah, and I think some, we're, we're going to have some crossover on I that. definitely think we will, too. Yeah. And my first one is a player that I've already mentioned, mm-hmm. Cordero Patterson. Okay. Definitely, I mean, so listen to this. So he has more receiving touchdowns than Hop. Travis Kelsey, Tyler Lockett, Mari Cooper, Aaron Jones, uh, Scary Terry McLaurin, and Justin Jefferson. And he has more receiving yards than DeHop, Kittle, who you just mentioned, and uh, Adam Thielen. Wow. And Thielen's been putting up numbers this year. Oh, yeah, 100%. But I mean that Cordell's been putting up numbers. (laughs) All this... As a running back. Yeah. or Well, a listed running back. A flex. Yeah. So it's just uh, crazy to see Mm -hmm. what he can do um, just with his versatility and his speed and his size. Uh, He's always been a good kick returner, punt returner type of guy, like always produced in that aspect of the game. But he's
1: kind of evolving later in his career. He really is. Yeah. He really is. Pretty interesting. So that's my first one. Um, I have one that I think I, I would be surprised if you didn't have him or didn't at least consider him. That'd be Debo Samuel. Uh, mm. Debo Samuel is currently averaging 122.5 yards per game. Uh, Insane. He has 17.5 yards per reception and 490 yards on the year, which is uh, the best in, or the league leader in the NFL in receiving yards. Um, this is a reminder he's a third year wide receiver. And he South had, Carolina. He had 802 yards in 15 games his rookie year, and that was his career high and uh he's on injuries though hasn't he a little bit but but still he played 15 games 802 yards his rookie year he has 490 through four games yeah that's insane that's crazy he's on a different level and i and i say this well knowing for people who want to make put the little asterisk uh his uh 60 yard touchdown this past week was (laughs) just like a total fluke. i was just about to say horrible ball he was wide open horrible ball but at any rate you're up next, but I Debo Samuel, honestly looking like one of the better receivers in the league. Oh, yeah, he's a there Let's see if he can year. keep it up. Yep.
0: So my second one is another Bears player. I'm going to give a shout-out to Robert Quinn. I like that. Uh, so this year he has four and a half sacks, which leads the Bears and is sixth in the league. Um, Khalil Mack is tenth in the league. Uh, and last year he only had two total sacks. It was like one in week two and then one later in the season. So really, really good if you're a Bears fan to see um, – him having some uh, some production early on in the season, especially when it was lacking all of last season, he's kind of helped the Bears
1: have the highest sack numbers in the NFL so far at 15. That's so nice. I, I love like like to see that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, for my next uh, random PED test, uh, this one honestly, I'd be surprised if a lot of uh, listeners really knew uh, Josh Jones. Uh, so Josh Jones was a uh, third round pick for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, not this past draft, but the year before. Uh, he kind of under he kind of underwent like a, a redshirt season uh played like kind of kind of like a six man uh, alignment on some uh, heavy fronts last year but uh n- nothing much and uh Sean Kugler who is our offensive line coach um he's let me just say he's a tremendous offensive line coach he took the cardinals from being one of like no joke the worst o lines in the game with DJ Humphreys at left tackle who was considered a bust And now DJ Humphreys is like a legitimate franchise left tackle and our O-line is amongst the best. But at any rate, um, let me get into it because Josh Jones has filled in for some injuries these past two games. And he played right guard and uh, just got swung out to right tackle uh, last game. And through uh, week four in the ESPN, Josh Jones has the highest pass block win rate of all tackles in the NFL at 98%. And uh, through week four, he also has the highest uh, pass block win rate as an offensive guard. So at 98%, which would be tied with Zach Martin and Quentin Nelson. Um, So, I mean, you're looking at a guy who is, this is quite literally his third career start coming up and uh, he's, he's dominating. And not only that, he has the third highest uh, run block win rate out of all offensive guards in the uh, through week four in the NFL. So and the versatility is there too to yeah. play two different positions exactly. and still have this success and, and that's what kugler uh, really sean kugler had really emphasized before the season because he came and listed as a backup on our depth chart mm-hmm. and a lot of cardinals fans were kind of uh concerned if it was just a bad pick or something like that and cooler was like no we really like what we have with him uh he's a versatile player and he's going to be able to play guard and tackle that's and awesome that's exactly what ended up happening so i'm very happy with that and uh you're up next. All right. This one, I'd be surprised if you don't have him on
0: your list. Like, Just completely surprised. But Trayvon Diggs. That was my next one. Five picks through four
1: games. I don't know if I even have to say anything else. Uh, well, we talked about him last week. Averaging we a pick a game, and now he's averaging 1.25. And I made the prediction that he'd get one against <laughs> Sam Darnold, and he did. He got two. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. That was so, a I mean, great prediction. He is just locked down,
0: um, guarding team's best receivers, yep. and just still having the production again so great great to see that i if you're a cowboys fan um especially to kind of pick up the slack that like like we mentioned lawrence left yep. when he got injured and that kind of stuff so
1: good to see that if you're a cowboys fan definitely i'm gonna cap it off with uh a arizona cardinal again um sorry uh but it's gonna be <laughs> max williams uh max williams is a six-year tight end uh was pretty much just known to be uh like a pass blocker and uh has some sort of uh, vertical threat abilities but not really believed to be a true pass catcher, um, but right now he has 15 receptions for 179 yards uh, and a touchdown. Um, he has three 20-plus yard catches and 111 yards after the catch. Um, this he's playing tremendous. Uh, he has, like I said, he has basically 180 yards on the season, and his uh, career high was 268 yards on the Ravens his rookie year. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's he's playing his best football, and uh, he's looking really good doing it. So. I'm I'm really excited to see if he can if he can continue to emerge as one of the uh, vertical threats in the NFL.
0: And I think two players too, just that may have been honorable mention on my list. Cooper Cup, obviously, obviously just having an outstanding year. I think he has 30 receptions, 431 yards, and five touchdowns. But I knew he was
1: really good. Oh yeah. Yeah. well yeah, yeah.
0: he was just never the guy that you think would be like wide receiver one though. Just kind of like seems like he'd be a two. Yeah. But he's playing with golf. And he's playing before. True, yeah. very yeah. true, yeah. very true. And then also I think we should just uh, mention Max Crosby. He's, insane for he's the Raiders this year.
1: Yeah, he's unbelievable. And
0: all that he's gone through with, like, his uh, drug abuse issues and everything, just yeah. to come back from that. Just Wait,
1: is that the same as. He had the same issue as Waller? Mm hmm. Did he really? I did yeah. not know
0: that. But Waller's the reason that he
1: got clean. Seriously? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I did not know that. It's crazy. I'm going to have to read into that. Yeah. That's really interesting. Let's let's uh finish off uh, our, our NFL coverage uh, by doing a little preview of uh, next week. Yep. We'll discuss our records and, and go through, do some predictions. And then we'll. Uh, We'll get into some NBA talk. So uh, if you've been sticking around, we really appreciate it. So let's uh, let's do some predictions. Where are we at going into so this week?
0: basically through three weeks? Technically, it's week four, but we've only predicted for three yeah. of those weeks. Jack is thirty two of forty eight. I am thirty four of forty eight. Okay. So this last week of picking, uh, we both hit on the Bengals. We were mm-hmm. correct there. Luckily, you swayed my opinion from the Jags, um, which was looking you. suspect yeah. at first. Yeah. By the way. Oh. Uh, Both missed on the Titans, hit on the Chiefs, hit on the Cowboys, missed on the Saints. Um, I hit on the Browns. You chose Vikings. I didn't choose Bears as I should have, but you did. So you hit there. Uh, Both hit on the Bills, Colts. I chose the Washington football team. You chose Falcons. You chose Seahawks. I chose Niners. So you got that one. You chose Cards. I chose Rams. So you got that one. Um, Both hit on Packers. I chose Ravens. You chose Broncos. So I hit there. Jeez. Both chose Bucks, and then the deciding factor of this week, I chose Raiders, and you chose, or I chose yeah. Chargers, excuse me, and you yeah. chose Raiders. So I'll never believe in my that, city again. That is what split us. So you went ten for sixteen, I went eleven for sixteen. Nice. So, but I mean, still very close. Yeah. Uh,
1: in terms of the whole entire. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and we have, for looking up at uh, this slate this week, mm-hmm. I think this might be the best three primetime games of any week. I think there there's three amazing ones. But let's we'll, let's dive into it. Let's do some quick predictions. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Rams at Seahawks. I'm going to take the Seahawks. Wow,
0: that's huge. You just don't think they look good after the last couple weeks,
1: the Rams, or last week? No, I quite honestly, it's it's the same thing as when I picked the Seahawks to beat the Niners. If the Seahawks win, it's best case scenario in the sense that okay. it pushes for uh, your divisional. It would make uh, the Seahawks three and two, and the Rams three and two, okay, and, and tie them. I'm going to take the Rams. Okay. Uh, Jets at Falcons. Jets at Falcons. Oh, jeez. Falcons, but I'm not happy about that pick at all.
0: (laughs) I'm going Falcons as well, and I have the same sentiments about that. Uh, Lions at Vikings. Vikings. I am going to go with the Lions here. I have a feeling. I like it. Uh, Saints at Washington. Oh, man. This is actually a really tough one. That is a tough one. Both teams
1: underperforming, both 2-2. Two two. It's in Washington? Yes. Give me the Saints, but I think Washington probably pulls it out. I'm also going
0: Saints here. I think they're going to bounce back after their yeah. two-game slide. Uh, Patriots at Texans, another kind of weird one. Yeah, I'll take the Pats. Okay. I You're not going to take the Texans. No, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dolphins at Bucks. Uh, Bucks. Yeah, I was just yeah. riding it in already for you. Yeah. I'm going the same. Uh, Packers at Bengals. Packers. But I think the Bengals,
1: Bengals could give them a scare. It'll be close. I, I agree with you there. I'm also going Packers. I think the Bengals offense will have its way a little bit. Yeah, you think defense. just Jamar Chase going off? He's really Dude, good. He's going too. He he might have been, really he good. Test yeah, too. He needs a PED test. he needs a PED test. He needs multiple PED tests. Maybe stick them on his yeah, gloves. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Broncos at Steelers. Uh, wait, Broncos at Steelers. That's a tough one too. I think I'm gonna take the Broncos, but I'd be surprised if the Steelers lost. I'm going Steelers. Yeah, can I, actually can I take the Steelers? because yeah. I, I just don't see them losing four. It would be four in a row at this point. Yeah, it would be. So we're both Steelers. Uh, Eagles at Panthers. This is such a tough game, but I take the Panthers.
0: I I'm struggling with who I want.
1: I think the Panthers are, were a little fraudulent going into this past week, but. I still think that they're a good team and I think that they can control the line against uh, the Eagles. Mm, yeah, I I think think I'm def- going to go Eagles. I think their defense is going to be taking shots at Hurts
0: all day. Oh, that's true. Actually, Chief's defense was so bad. Actually, I'm going to switch. I'm going to go Panthers.
1: Watch, I'm going to talk you right into an L. <laughs> well, at least we'll both get it. <laughs> uh, Titans at Jags. I'm going to take the Titans, but like, I'm so not happy picking on the Titans. Also going time. Titans... I can't stand Titans. We've
0: dismantled each of these teams yeah. over the course of the past 3 4 weeks. Uh Browns at Chargers. That's a really good game. I'm going to take Chargers. I'm going Chargers as well. They just looked so com- they look like really besides good. the the Cowboys game, they looked they looked really good put together. Bears at Raiders.
1: Bears. Give me the Bears.
0: I'm going Bears too. Not that I really think we're going to win, but I went away from my team last week and it cost me. So, Are you going? No. Yeah, I know. Because the reason that we went to the Cincy Games is because my dad felt as if we wouldn't be very safe wearing Bears jerseys
1: with all the crazy <laughs> Raiders fans.
0: That's comedy. I <laughs> you know,
1: I've actually heard uh, on a separate note that the the uh, because going into the season, the Raiders tickets were among the most expensive, uh-huh. and now they've dropped off considerably because really? you have to be vaccinated. So they're apparently oh. really hard to sell. Actually, so um, one of our family friends...
0: Uh, brent bone yeah he has season tickets and he was selling his i think he's like an anti-vax guy so that, uh, that kind of makes sense so yeah, yeah, yeah i didn't i didn't realize i
1: completely forgot that that was like a requirement yeah. to go watch games there that's wild yeah i've heard that it's made him really hard to sell
0: really mm-hmm. that's tough that is crazy cool stadium though nice wow. to drive by on the street i can't wait to go in there i haven't I been in there yet but in there once for you V game yeah it's just not the same though 100 um niners at cards uh
1: i'm obviously i'm gonna take the
0: cards i
1: also i'll be at the cards game i forgot to mention that oh, nice. in the podcast but I, awesome. I will be at the the game this weekend
0: a lot of content
1: yeah exactly uh giants at cowboys Giants and cowboys uh, i'll take the cowboys but this feels like a really ugly division game i'm
0: going cowboys i think it i don't know the giants they played pretty well last week at least saquon came back on so it should be interesting but i'm gonna you will also, I will mention,
1: Ezekiel Elliott came back on, too. Oh, I, the, what did I write down? I literally have a note right in front of me on the Cowboys game. Oh, yeah, I put Zeke has a flash I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, well, he had his longest run since his rookie year, right? Yeah. That's but wild. He's, he's running with, like, a, a different uh, speed than I've seen in a really? long time, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he just looks, like, really... Like, hunger is the bad word. Just because he's, like, yeah, the yeah, eating yeah. me, yeah, yeah. yeah, but, like, he actually... He looks really, like... Like, he's trying to prove something every time he runs the ball. As
0: he should be at this point. Um, I'm also going Cowboys. Uh, Bills at Chiefs. Good
1: game. That's a phenomenal game. That's a really good game. I'm going to take the Bills. I think their defense is just better, and that's going to be the deciding factor.
0: I'm going to go Bills, too. I almost wrote Chiefs, but the defense thing scares me, and the Bills defense is so good. Plus, Josh Allen is not – I won't call him equal to Patrick Mahomes, but he's like – I think he's just as close as you can get without being Tom
1: Brady. Absolutely, Aaron Rodgers. Um, and then Colts at Ravens. Colts at oh my god, this is such a tough game because I actually like. See, I'm just going Ravens. I'm I'm going to take the Ravens to win, but I honestly think that the Colts are going to be a much better team in four weeks than they were like how we view them these past couple weeks. I think that they're, I think that I've said multiple times they had the worst luck. Out of any team I can imagine coming into yeah. Week One, oh, aside yeah, from maybe sure. the Ravens, when the Ravens lost like their entire running back. Group. Right, but still, I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take the Ravens. I am as well. And so, actually, this
0: week we only have two games that we disagree on. Really, which is kind of uh, we're like, gonna live or die together. Yeah, exactly. So that should be interesting for this upcoming week. But that'll take us straight into the NBA
1: talk. Exactly. So we're gonna take a quick break. Real uh, quick break. Real quick. Just want yeah. to. Emphasize real quick. Real quick. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we'll come back to you with some uh, NBA content. And we're back for some NBA talk for the second
0: time um, during this podcast. So preseason games have officially begun. Nope. Not that really anyone watches them. Haven't um, seen a single minute. But so, I mean, part of that is similar to the NFL, stars sit out. Yep. You don't want, especially like your older players, getting in there. Um, It'd be pointless because you know what you're going to get from. I think, like, in a, a skill standpoint, you know what you're going to get from a basketball player more so than a football player. There's just less things that could go wrong on a basketball court, just less players, you know. Yeah, well, it's the
1: contact, obviously. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But I mean, uh, I heard uh, that the energy in Staples for the first uh, preseason game was like quite literally, like, a, an intense regular season game.
0: It was Lakers versus a Nets, so yeah. that could well, be... Not a single good player play. Right. right. Yeah. Just AD play, well, i sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about that. But, like, but, uh, you know what I mean? They're all too oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I think the Lakers end up losing by, like, 30. Mm-hmm. So, like, but no one cares. Obviously, it's just fun to go watch a game. Exactly. Um, so, like I said, stars have been sitting out, but there's one star, or star, air quotes. Some I, people might not call him star. I definitely don't. Um... <laughs> that has been sitting out from all team activities and Ben Simmons. Um, he recently listed his apartment at the Ritz-Carlton on like Zillow, I think. So
1: he wants out bad. Yeah, the the update on Ben Simmons uh, from a, I guess, a logistical slash like organization standpoint is uh, the, I believe it was October 1 was when uh, 8.3 million or something like that was due uh, to Ben Simmons f- f- uh, from the Sixers. Um, ben Simmons let them know that he has no intention of reporting to camp um, as many of you guys I'm sure understand Uh, and in response to that the 76ers put his 8.5.4 million that he was owed into an escrow account and they said that essentially because we don't want to have to claw back the money we're just going to be deducting money from Mm -hmm. the escrow account uh, based on uh, practices and games that you miss which I think like it's like 50,000 a practice which that's wild like I, I don't understand that but like I mean if you're Ben Simmons and you're obviously, he's obviously just discontent enough to, uh, to walk away from, you know, 10, maybe 20 million just to get out of the city. Right. Which I mean, can you blame him? No, not at all. And
0: I want to put a quick pause on this. I just got a notification that Jalen Smith is working on a deal with Greek Bay. Really? That's just c- came in on Fletcher oh, wow. court right now. So that okay. just kind of just
1: concludes what we were talking about yeah, earlier. Exactly. So yeah, we had a, we had the the jump around the league, and we didn't quite have a finisher on Jalen Smith. So and there you go. That, that'll that might pro- be that'll probably be the end.
0: Yeah, that might be um, the end. But anyways, back to ball. Um, yeah, I, it's kind of got to be hard to be in Philly. I think, I mean, they just seem like a tough crowd. And yeah. He's been getting chirped recently. I saw. Uh, clip on Twitter I don't know if you've seen it that some guy was on the news and he actually chirped him live on the news like just I some didn't see that. some civilian so was, I mean you never want to see that and it, I think he's the like a more emotional type guy like he lets that stuff kind of get to his head you know Yeah. and he I mean I don't want to say he
1: deserves it, but the way he no, played I mean, in the playoffs was just I would ugh, say, horrendous. I, I would say he deserves it, honestly. I mean, I, I I would say that the minute that he passed up the the wide open dunk, and then the mm. press conference happens with both Embiid and Doc Rivers, like the the relationship's it's over. gone. Yeah, you know I mean, it's it's done. It's done. So. I guess there's your update with uh, Ben Simmons. We're not really breaking news by uh, letting anyone know that, but and the Pacers are interested. Just yeah, to mention, but also it's, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. I actually, you know, we had something planned, but since you started us right off with Ben Simmons, I have a uh, a couple of things I've been throwing in the trade machine that I want to present to you uh-huh. and get your uh, comments on live. Okay, okay. so uh, I uh, was playing around with the trade machine last night, looking at Ben Simmons trades. Um, and I came up with a couple that I think are not – they're not really original, but we can kind of talk them out. Mm-hmm. Um, they just seem to make the most sense. And then I actually have a couple of trades uh, just in general okay. that I'm going to throw out to you. Um, so the first one I thought of was Ben Simmons. He uh, lists all the California teams as his uh, preferred destinations. Um, I'm going to be real. I don't see – any way in hell that he's going to be a Laker, that he's going to be a Clipper, or that he's going to be a Warrior. Lakers don't have the cap space. Warriors won't have the cap space. Clippers. Well, actually, Warriors could make the it the Warriors work. could, but why would they? It? Could
0: I don't know. Why like, would especially it? it's just hard for teams. I think like we yeah. just mentioned, like after watching
1: that playoff stint, like well, why would you want that? Exactly. So, and if you're the if you're the Warriors, are you going to have uh, both Draymond and Ben Simmons not provide any shooting whatsoever right. on the floor at the both same time? Pass up. Potentially, or are you going to pass yeah. up Draymond, who like obviously? Steph and Clay yeah. have a deep trust and relationship with, and replace them with Ben Simmons. Like, right. where's that? Right, exactly. because you have to trade Draymond yeah, in that exactly. Yeah, I Couldn't mean, have them both, I don't know. But so
0: all California my, yeah, teams. My take on wasn't it, it
1: minus Sacramento though? That's where I went. Okay, so I zacked because I'm going to be honest with you, Ben Simmons. There's no other team in California that that's going to t- it's it. going to take you besides right. Sacramento, um, and if they're going to do the deal, this is where it gets tricky because. I think, no matter what we say, in terms of like how you know awful Ben Simmons was, or like you know Ben Simmons isn't worth that. Ben Simmons isn't worth this. Ben Simmons is obviously considered like a very very talented. Like I don't want to say he's a superstar because he's he's not. He's, he's not, not a superstar. A tier below yeah, that. He's a he's a star player who's clearly one of the best perimeter defensive players in the NBA. Good passer. Yeah, and he's a phenomenal passer provides nothing perimeter wise Rebounds. in terms of scoring. Yeah, scoring is where he lacks yeah. completely. Um and he clearly has confidence issues. <laughs> yeah. So this is where I don't know who would be bargaining on whose side in, mm-hmm. the, in the trade. But when I say all this kind of stuff, I I still firmly believe that like people around the NBA view Ben Simmons still as a very valuable yeah. asset. Yeah. Um, well, he's so young still. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So my first trade would be Ben Simmons to Sacramento in exchange for Darian Fox and Chimezi Metu. Mm. And then on top of that, I'm not sure who's demanding what picks in return. I would imagine that if Sacramento is going to do this, I think that they're probably also going to get rid of Bagley, but I don't think the, mm. this, the Sixers are the right team for Bagley to go to. I think it would also make sense for them to get rid of Buddy Heald if this was going to be the deal. Mm-hmm. But Buddy Hield would probably also fit well with Ben Simmons because of his pure spot up shooting. Above. Right. So I think this is tricky. That I just wanted to, I wanted to at least give Ben Simmons the honor of finding his way to California in my yeah. trade machine to the middle of California <laughs> where there's no beaches, no stars. You just have to pay the
0: taxes. Yeah, exactly, uh, dude. That's tough. I, I, if I'm the Kings, I don't know if
1: I can part with De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, young star. Kind of, probably think a he's, tier below. But Benson. do you think he's like? Do you think he's truly going to be like a next level next level player? That the I, I think, especially on a super max deal.
0: No, he'll give you he'll give you fifteen twenty a game. He's never going to be the guy that gives you like twenty seven a game. But he's just so quick and so athletic. Um, I think if I'm the Kings, I might throw instead of having
1: Fox, I might throw uh, Tyrese Halliburton in there. See, if I'm the Kings, I, I think I might take help really over him because you have the the cheap rookie deal, and I think my thing with Darian Fox, I think he's really awesome in terms of like as a guy, and he's just he's cool. I remember watching mm-hmm. all, all uh, throughout his progression, but I think he's like a little bit of, I think he's capped in terms of what he provides you. I don't think that he's ever going to be like a phenomenal half court player He's mm-hmm. going to be you know putting your offense into the right position every single. You know, play down the court.
0: No, I get that. I the only reason that I say Halliburton is just because I think that maybe Davion
1: Mitchell coming in could kind of fill that. See, I would you funny, do the opposite? No, it's it's funny because I interpreted the Davion Mitchell like the back-to-back point guard drafts in the that, first round right. as like kind of a cue to get Fox out of there. That maybe Fox is like. Maybe on the way out. I, I could. They gave where. him that huge deal, mm-hmm. which in the NBA means nothing, right? There's
0: no loyalty. Um, I can understand where you come from too, just because Halliburton is more of an outside perimeter guy, mm-hmm. and it feels like Fox and um, uh, Davion Mitchell are both kind of like within like the mid range to like slashing type of guard yeah, exactly. type play
1: might might eat away at each
0: other. Exactly, and I also think, like you mentioned though, I think Buddy Healed would make sense in that deal just because he was getting shopped a whole bunch, yeah. but there's just so many things cuz he does fit with Ben Simmons' play style. It's almost like the LeBron type thing. And then also but like if
1: if you're Sacramento, where are you going? You know what I mean? Nowhere. Like and, and I mean that like in terms of if you're a hopeful person who's on the front office, like what do you foresee for this this roster? I mean, I think realistically It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to ride with De'Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell, and Tyrese Halliburton. They're all so, yeah. It just doesn't make, I think you're crowding the position when you at least, you could probably be getting better by departing from one. Yeah, I think. And if you're bringing in Ben Simmons, you know what I mean? It's like, where are you at? Just
0: my first one. No, I completely understand that. I just think before you make that trade for Ben Simmons, I'd want to see personally how Davion Mitchell plays with the other two just to see maybe even like kind of evaluate which
1: one's going to be the one that you want to yeah. send you know 100 that's that's rough though that's a tough one okay right, let me give you my second one this one uh I, I mean this one's been thrown around quite a handful of times uh i don't really know if i'm doing it if i'm the sixers um i actually don't think i am doing it if i'm the sixers but it's uh ben simmons for to minnesota for d'angelo russell and jade mcdaniels Mm-hmm. And there would obviously be picks involved. I, I, you can't put the the draft picks in the trade machine, but uh,
0: right. Kind of like you said, I think Minnesota doesn't do that because Cat wanted Delo so bad, and yeah. they got him, and they're like best friends and whatever. But kind of similar situation to the Kings. Like, where, where are you going? Where are you going? What, are what, you, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, exactly. Not really doing much, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think this kind of points to, and you alluded to this. This I think this is probably the more realistic one, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, and I, this, everything we're saying right now is totally bearing on how like strong footed the Daryl Morey, and the Sixers are going to be. Yeah, you know they could. I don't foresee them panicking and just trading him to trade him. But, I think uh, that's kind of his mo too. Is kind of just like he, he always wants people, to win. Yeah, right, he always yeah. wants to win the trade. Exactly. So this is my last one. Uh, You you'd alluded to it. uh, It would be Ben Simmons to the Pacers. And uh, it would be Ben Simmons for Malcolm Brogdon, TJ Warren, and I imagine there would be picks involved. um, Potentially going both ways. See, yeah, I think that's the most realistic one. I think Malcolm Brogdon would be a great fit for the Sixers. Malcolm,
0: he's a... Kind of an underrated good player. I think he's I think he in is the underrated, yeah. um, especially after leaving the Bucks and going to the Pacers. He's kind of just come out in exactly, his own. Exactly. Um, and I think TJ, TJ Warren is kind of a bubble guy. Th- like, he's, yeah, he's a good scorer and he had insane games in the bubble. And yeah. I think you could kind of leverage that if you're the Pacers. And exactly. like you said, there will be there would definitely be picks kind of yeah. involved. I think they would be going both ways. Hundred percent, but. That one, to me, is the most realistic. I don't think you're giving up too much if you're the Pacers. Um, You also have Sabonis there. Um, Who I think that... I think
1: they are in love with Sabonis. Oh, yeah. As they
0: should be. He's been an all-star the past couple of years. Uh, McConnell, who's like not at all star, superstar, you know. But he gets a job
1: done. They have plenty of talent. I mean, they they have Miles Turner still there. And Miles Turner's been thrown in every trade possibility Mm -hmm. uh, conversation ever. And... if they could retain Karis. Oh, yeah. Karras Liver is awesome. That'd be huge. Um, but I don't know. I, I think, uh, like you said, I think the Indiana trade makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I also kind of get the feeling that Rick Carlisle is probably going to want to put his stamp on the team a little bit. I almost forgot that he was there. Mm-hmm. That's weird that and, he's not a Maverick anymore. Yeah. So it's funny because I was doing some uh, other trade machine moves and I was like, I found myself going between Indiana and Dallas and I was like, wait a second, Rick Carlisle, like, it's he's just not weird. Gonna, he's not going to deal with Dallas. He's been, he's been in Dallas since we were like, what, nine? He, yeah, Even he, before that? Yeah, maybe? exactly. Yeah. That's he, wild. Um, but that was my last one for Ben Simmons, I believe. Um, no, actually, I'm sorry. I have one more. One more for Ben Simmons. Um, it would be Ben Simmons to the Portland Trailblazers mm-hmm. for CJ McCollum and Anthony Simmons. Heard that one pass around a couple times, too, yeah. especially earlier. Um, but I think if you're...
0: Uh, you don't, uh, I don't think... I think you have to move McCollum at some point for somebody, but I don't think Ben
1: Simmons is the right person to do that with. Yeah, That team's just been stagnant, too. But don't you think also if you're the Sixers and you're doing that trade, you're saying, I want Damian Lillard. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I don't so, want C.J. McCollum. Well, yeah, I, yeah. there's just no way yeah, exactly. you're going to be able to get Dame though. They would probably have to throw picks. They'd have to throw yeah. in some other stuff, too. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, and then if you're, uh, I don't know, because then you only have McCollum doing the majority of your
1: scoring. It's kind of sketchy.
0: Yeah. That's okay, sketchy. If you're the pace or the Blazers,
1: I got two more for you that I'm just going to throw around. Give you a little context in terms of how I see them in, like unfolding. In so what, we're moving we're, off Ben
0: Simmons. With we're these? moving
1: okay. off Ben Simmons. Yeah, we're moving off Ben Simmons. Everyone's had enough of Ben Simmons. Too much of Ben back. Simmons. No, no one really even wants to talk about Ben Simmons. Uh, so I'm going to give you two trades. I'm going to okay. give you some context in terms of like how I see this becoming a possibility. Mm-hmm. And then you give me a little bit of uh, insight on both sides. Okay. So I was thinking of the Pelicans. Um, I think the Pelicans legitimately just have a personnel issue. I don't think that they're built to be – I don't think all the players on the roster are built to be on the same team. Um, That's fair. I think it's been like that for a while too. Yeah. And and I think obviously when when you realize that Zion's most effective when he has the ball in his hand at the top of the key, I think it also like kind of – Totally change the dynamic of the, the team and mm-hmm. how they should play, yeah um, so I would say if there's a situation in which the pelicans either you know start off slow or they feel some sort of pressure in the sense that Zion Williamson is like truly unhappy and this is they have to really do something
0: mm-hmm.
1: I could see a little trade being done for Zion Williamson to officially take control or reigns of Uh-oh. the city. Um, and that would be the Pelicans uh, trading Brandon Ingram, who though. I think that's probably a good move. Yeah, uh, who I, I think is a really talented player, by the way. Yeah, I like him, um, but I just don't think that they can play together personally and, I, and succeed. I completely agree. Yeah. I think they have too many defensive flaws too it's for you to be just, built around those two it's guys. Just weird, yeah. yeah. Um, so Pelicans trade out uh, Brandon Ingram to the Wizards, and they get back Caldwell Pope, David Bertons, and Corey Kispert as, lo- as well as some picks. Mm. Do you think the Wizards would easily give up Kispert so easy? Like, That's, I, I know I said easy yeah, twice yeah. there, but you know what I'm saying. So Kispert is the one that I, the, the asset that I kind of juggled with, uh-huh. because you have no idea. Um, I would assume that that would be in the, the asking price, just like kind of like the edge right. uh, f- for the Pelicans. Right. Um, I can see that easily getting removed, and I could see some picks being uh-huh. swapped in there. But what do you think about the trade? Let, let's take Kispert out, because I, I agree, it is a little steep. Okay, so it was Ingram it would, for who? It would be Ingram for Caldwell-Pope, Bertans, and Picks. And, and let me t- preface it by saying I, I think uh, if the Pelicans are going to make this move, that they're going to surround Zion with shooters and, and guys who can play a little bit of defense around him, and, and that being Caldwell-Pope. I Okay, so I like the Caldwell-Pope edition because he proved
0: on the Lakers for a couple of years that mm-hmm. he could be very versatile in defending and also, like you mentioned, shooting outside the arc um burtons is a weird one i'm trying to He's look at their good. roster right now and just kind of see where they're lacking and they have jackson hayes who's a big uh i know they have or did he move
1: where's a steven uh, oh, steven adams they traded him they have uh, uh oh he went to memphis yeah they huh, have, who's the memphis big guy right. uh why can't i think jonas valentine yeah, 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 yeah
0: okay so I mean I guess just looking at their death chart right now yeah, they could shooters. they could use well they could use Berton just as like yeah. a big guy who also does shoot it fairly yeah. well. I, I, um, I think Berton's awful by the way. Well I he's I just a Spurs that. guy. Yeah. Let me like, just preface he, that. he is a Spurs player through and through. Yeah. Just built by like the pop system.
1: But that's why I, th- I think picks would have to be involved because I think that Washington would have to unload a pick to get off that uh, Berton's contract mm-hmm. cuz it's re- it's 16 million a year. It's really ugly.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to see really quick to what the Wizards roster looks like to see who else they could
1: kind of throw in there. I mean, you don't want Kuzma. See, uh, I I that, I avoided Kuzma. I can't throw Kuzma in that deal. Yeah, you um, wouldn't even want him. And they don't. The, the Wizards themselves don't really have that much shooting. So that's kind of where I like. Well, yeah, that's Spencer Dinwiddie, well, Brad Beal, Beal, and I see it as if you're the Wizards. You're making Beale happy. You're throwing another star in there who's mm-hmm. younger, who can learn from Beal. And realistically, you're selling tickets. You, I, you have an exciting team.
0: I do think Ingram would fit on to that, that Wizards roster. I mean, then you kind of pair him back with Kuz, like the long exactly, time. Exactly, yeah. But so there would be some chemistry straight off the bat with those two um, if they both were starters. Brandon Ingram probably would start over Kuzma, maybe Obviously, if they yeah, weren't yeah. in, if they I didn't mean, find Ingram's some way to mesh them together, yeah, but I mean that'd be an interesting one. I could see it happening, but I just don't know what the asking price would be for I agree the wizards, I agree,
1: but it's not bad, right? no yeah, not yeah, bad I completely agree okay, so I got one more um this one a little crazy um I think this one probably takes a bit a a bit of juice in in the form of a draft capital, okay, but I envision the Mavericks uh, coming into the season realizing the obvious that Luke is clearly, you know, one of the elite elite players in the league and yeah. they can like they can no joke win right now if they get this thing going yeah. and and get the right roster together. And this has been something we've talked about for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Ago. And I think the obvious thing is for years now is like, you know, KP, can you trade KP? Does KP have any value? Um, I'm going to take the approach that the Mavericks get into this season and realize that they're better but still handcuffed with KP. Okay. and I think that's pretty likely. Yeah. And I think that they'll get a little aggressive because they realize the West is so wide open Mm -hmm. with Denver. You know, Jamal Murray's out. Kawhi's out for the Clippers. I think it's realistic. If you can get by the Lakers, it's wide open. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So my idea was Dallas calls Toronto and they do – Christops for siakam straight up and dallas throws in picks i think the picks i thought you were just about to say straight up and ended it yeah that. i didn't mean to say straight up no that was the, the wrong picks
0: word. definitely help um I, I meant straight up to imply no other players. No, no i, I yeah. completely understand it just yeah, that'd be interesting because Siakam's been mentioned in a lot of stuff too recently. And and they love Siakam. Though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Spicy P is like a big part of like the whole Toronto. Like obviously he was there when they won yeah. the chip and that year they he played so good.
1: And then last year... I mean, or 2020, I guess. Well, this past year was when he had the the argument with the coach, right? And, like, like, he got benched because he, like, he, like, throw something at the coach or something like
0: that? Yeah, I mean, it happens. Yeah. But But just a slump nonetheless. He's had a slump. So I think – Back to the finals, didn't Pascal
1: have, like, 35 in a finals game?
0: Oh, yeah. His averages were up there for sure. So I think, I mean, getting him in a new situation too now that Kyle Lowry's left especially is, like, probably pretty important for his career. Uh, Fred Van Vliet's still there, obviously. The Raptors are going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA, so they should be in full rebuild mode. They're pretty bad. Pascal doesn't want to be there...
1: Who did they just draft? I forget. Um,
0: um, they drafted... Uh, oh,
1: yeah, it was Scotty Barnes. That's who it was at four. Mm-hmm. Who? Well, we're going to get into the draft a little bit. Um, that was... Yeah. I, I like Scotty Barnes, personally, so we'll, we'll see. But I think that there's probably some question marks there. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, what, what, what do you think about that one? Do you think it would probably take? I think the a good picks, amount of juice on the on the Mavericks side with, with with picks. Picks, yeah.
0: Cause I think that would work though because the picks would put them over the edge. Like I just said, they're a rebuilding team. They might want to try to go the whole Sam Presti. Yeah. Let me just acquire as many picks as I can. Get players as they come. Yeah, that can I mean help us win a few games. Um, but yeah, if if you're the Mavs, you have gotta move off KP. Just watching him in the playoff series has been so frustrating, as he like refuses to sit in the paint. He's like seven four. He's like yeah. the tallest player on every court, um, besides Bowen, who's on his team. Um, but like, dude, it's just so frustrating. He takes threes over sitting in the paint. So it's just you gotta he get rid of him. Yeah, you can't yeah. have him on the team when uh, and him and Luca had a little thing. Where mm-hmm. they're arguing about like who gets touches and whatnot, but like,
1: well, KP thought it was his team when Luca was drafted, no. which was just let's the, calm down. The biggest misunderstanding ever.
0: Yeah, let's just calm down with that one. He <laughs> he needs to get moved. I think that'll really help Luca because I mean, Luca basically carrying this team to wins in the playoff series by himself. So yeah, by moving him, maybe revitalizing Pascal Siakam in in Memphis is the right move. I like it. I like it a lot. You
1: mean Pascal and. Uh, uh, did I, what did I say? You said Memphis. You meant in Dallas. Oh, I was looking yeah. at the... Yeah.
0: yeah, there was a picture of somebody who played for Memphis. Or, excuse me.
1: In Dallas. Yeah, yeah I, in Dallas. I agree. I like that. And I think that, you know, talking about Luka, um, because this plays a part in it, uh, we should segue into what we had planned. And that was for us to un, uh, or reveal our uh, top 20 rankings of uh, players in the NBA coming into this league or coming into this uh, league season. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I, I know we kind of texted uh, last night or I think it may have been two nights ago back and forth in terms of like how we uh, We judged the players um, But it was
0: more it, we kind of just were doing it based off of their performances last year um, And so if you're an injured player um, For example clay that he's out of my top 20 just because he didn't play last year Which is unfortunate because I think usually he'd be in that he'd be, list. You know? maybe, yeah, yeah at the end there somewhere. I agree um, um, but so we're just kind of basing yeah. it
1: off of how they played their performance of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, um, do you want? How do you want to do this? Do you want to go like in groups of five? You yeah, go let's, I go? Do, let's do that. Okay. Why don't you start us? Do you then? want to go backwards or forward? Backwards uh, from 20 to 1? Yeah, let's go backwards. Okay. Kind of suspenseful. Um, so funny enough, I actually did to 21 because I wanted to think of my first player out. Um, so let me preface it by saying my first player out was SGA. Actually, mm. um, kind of a surprise. I, I would assume for some people, um, but I think he's really that good. But I'm going to go uh, twenty through sixteen right now. Okay. So my number twenty player was Ja Morant. Uh, my number nineteen player was Jimmy Butler. Mm. My number eighteen player was Zach Levine. My number seventeen player was Bradley Beal, and my number sixteen player was Trae Young. So I also had a I had
0: a list that I called very honorable mention because these were players that man like I wanted to put in there but just the the list that I had I just couldn't see yeah myself putting them in there so just really quick to mention some of those players some of them you've already mentioned um Kyle Lowry's on that list Zach Levine's on that list Sabonis Chris Middleton Jimmy Butler I put him in there I, he was at 20 for me but I I swapped him out last second um Bam Adebayo, Jamal Murray, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Rudy Gobert, Clay Thompson, John Morant, and
1: SGA were all in that list. It, it was tough, dude. Like You know what's no, funny? I think that you added a player who I put in that, who I put in the autumn World Mention out of there. Oh, yeah? Zion. Yeah, Zion. Zion so is I right. had a Zion right out of it. Oh, so, okay. Which I personally debated for a long time. Dude. And it was really tough for me, but... That was just my approach. I I can see where your head was at. Totally. I don't think you realize how tough, like
0: for those listening, how tough building a list like this is with like all the players. You just have to think of their names and how they played. It's it's rough. But once once
1: I got past number four, I was like, "This is exactly,
0: yeah, okay." Um, So my twenty through sixteen. Yeah. So I had Trey Young at twenty. I think he deserves to be in that list because of his performance in the playoffs especially. I had him at 16. I know. I had him high. I swapped him for Jimmy last second because he was going to be on my honorable mention, but then I just like, that playoff run was insane. They went to the conference finals. I can't leave him off. Um, 19, I had Booker. Okay. Similar reasons. Um, Both of them, pretty high scoring average. Uh, 18, I had CP3
1: okay simply i had cp3 right outside
0: okay personally. i put him there simply for his effect that he yeah. obviously has had on the thunder and now on the suns totally agree. um you know helped him with his veteran presence and passing uh so 17 i have paul george uh and then 16 i have zion
1: okay wow Yeah. I, I mean i think we're gonna be in a lot of like the same neighborhood for a lot of players but uh it's just going to be come down to like preference at a, at a lot of points. Uh, yeah, most definitely, and it'll become more synonymous. I think as we yeah. work our way up the list. Okay, so let's go fifteen to eleven. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my fifteen is actually Booker. Okay, so I have he d- made it a little higher. Yeah, I early. have Booker at fifteen. I, I think he's really real. Mm-hmm. Uh, fourteen, uh, I have Jason Tatum at fourteen. Okay, thirteen, I have Paul George. Okay, so made it a little higher yeah. up on yours as well. Uh, Twelve. This might surprise him. I have uh, Donovan Mitchell. Okay, uh, And 11, I have Anthony Davis.
0: Okay, so ours, our 15 through 11 is actually really similar. Really? Let me hear just this. some flip-flops. So 15, I actually have AD.
1: Okay. I think he kind
0: of had an off here last year, and he was hurt, so that kind of... I still gave him the it. respect, but
1: I, I, I've, I struggled with AD in 11, 12, or 13. Okay, I got yeah. you. Yeah, I, I just... I think based he's on so usual, phenomenal.
0: He's now. so good, but based on usual AD standards, last year was kind of slump. totally agree. So he that's was why, played like 35 games. Right, exactly. So that's why he dropped for me. Um, I have Mitchell at fourteen. Okay, I love that. Right above Mitchell, I have Tatum.
1: He's so good.
0: Who, yeah, often gets forgotten out there yeah. in uh, Boston. Uh, Twelve. I have Harden, and then right above Harden, I have Russ at eleven. Wow! So Russ just barely missed the top ten cut. But so,
1: so 80 Mitchell, Tatum, Harden, Russ. This is really funny because I'm gonna be honest. I had Russ right outside the top twenty. Really? Yeah. Knowing you, I thought yeah. for sure Russ would be in there. I just couldn't I couldn't no. ignore the twenty eleven and eleven. I'm coming. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually really curious where we're gonna split on this. And, and some players getting left off. Well yeah, because it's it's gonna make it so there's gonna be some player left off. But no, I, I for me Russ was really tough. And that's why I I sat and thought about it if I could find a place. Um but I uh, I, on, I firmly believe that Russ is kind of entering like a, a, a second chapter in his career, like more of like a third chapter where he's realizing that uh, this might be like his best shot ever to really get this done. So, I, I but I love the pick. I'm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. totally not going to go against it. Can you repeat your 11 or 12 and 11 again? It was uh, Harden than Russ. Harden than Russ. Okay. But like that 15 through 11, we had some yeah, similarities there. Okay. Wow. I can't believe Russ 11. I love that. Yeah. Uh, let's go 10 through 6. Yep. Okay. My ten, I had Dame at ten. Oh my
0: bro, I forgot
1: Dame. I did. I left Dame yeah. off this list. What so, the hell? Yeah. I had. I had the same issue. I went back like multiple times checking. I knew that was one of us would ah. do this. Yeah.
0: Brutal. Maybe I, I don't even know what I do. Maybe I take CP three off and then push Maybe, everyone down. If you want to push everyone down, yeah, it's totally fine. Oh jeez. Okay. I just want everyone to know I completely spaced
1: Dame just because yeah, the Blazers yeah. are so unextraordinary that I just well, must have forgot about him. He's also been in a really weird situation these past couple months. You kind of forget that he's still on the team. Wow, that is yeah. brutal for my list, but yes, I forgot Dame. Okay, anyways, continue. Okay, so my ten through six. So I have ten Dame. Nine I have Embiid, Uh eight I have Harden, actually. Okay. Uh, seven. I have Jokic, and six. I have Kawhi. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: I like Kawhi. Me and you are gonna kind of disagree on Kawhi, so that. Well, I mean, we'll, yeah. Let, let, let hear me just say there, yeah. so, okay. First of all, ten B is Dame. I'm just yeah. gonna say that right now. Yeah. You go
1: ten A, ten B. Go Ten A,
0: ten A is Kawhi. I have right okay, at yeah, my, no. right in my ten spot. Love it. Um. So nine is Kyrie for me. He actually had a Ooh. pretty good, pretty good last season, so, even though he was out a lot. Like. His averages were way up from. Wait,
1: I so we both made the same mistake. So I, I'm I have Kyrie so for some reason I wrote Kyrie's name and he doesn't have a number next to it. I actually had Kyrie at my uh, 16 spot. So I'm sorry, this is gonna mess up the whole thing. But at any rate, I I don't want to discount Kyrie either. I had Kyrie at 16 in between, which would have been Devin Booker and Trey Young. Okay. Um. So once again, you I made the same mistake. Uh, I knew I was it's missing someone. So many names. Yeah. It's just so hard. Sorry. Can, go ten through six again. So yeah, ten uh, A.
0: Kawhi. Ten B. Dame. Then nine at Kyrie. Eight I put in uh Seven I had Beal. Wow. And six I had Jokic.
1: Wow. You you think Beal's that good? Dude, he can score. I think he can. Sc- I think he can score like nothing. But like. But here's I the thing. Know.
0: There's a player that's gonna be on both of our lists somewhere named Stephen Curry who's. Basically the exact same as him, but he's just way higher up. Yeah, for he's just reasons. Better. He, well, he's just on a better team though, too. Well, I think that Steph factors Curry's into. like
1: it. a million times better than Bradley Beal. Well, hold
0: on. I mean, I take no, Steph Curry. I, I agree that he's he's better, but I just think statistically speaking, well,
1: yeah, Bradley Beal very puts up the, yeah, Bradley Beal puts up stupid numbers, but like Bradley Beal also doesn't play playoff basketball. Well, the Wizards
0: don't play playoff. Basketball. Yeah, this is tough. But like, I, I agree. That's just that's just the comparison I'm gonna make. That both of them have similar numbers, but one like of them is gonna be way up. Okay, so that's why he's
1: at seven for me. So now we got five through one. Mm-hmm. You want to go one at a time from here? Okay. All right. My number five is Luca. My number five is Luca. My number four is Steph. I have Giannis at four. Okay. Uh. So my number four was Steph. My number three is Braun. My number three is KD. And my number two is Giannis, and my number one is then KD. So my three is KD, my two is Braun, and my one is Curry. Wow, that actually means a lot from you because you are, you Curry. are not a Curry guy. Yeah, and I respect that. So let's that I was might trying have, to be super unbiased when I made yeah. the list. No, me too. And that's that. Let's actually let's read it one through five because that kind of probably sounded a little tough to follow. But one through five, I have KD one. I think he's the best player in the world. Uh, I have Giannis two. Braun 3, Steph 4, Luca 5. And then I have Curry 1, Braun 2, KD 3, Giannis 4, Luca 5. Wow. Did you not mention Jokic or did you say Jokic? Jokic is my uh, 7. Oh, okay. So yeah, 6. I must have just missed that. Thinking about uh, Dame. Yeah, here. Let me... Um, I actually... Since I messed up, let's just... I'm going to read mine all the way through. Yeah, and go I'm going to show you where I have it. Uh, so, starting with 1, I have uh, KD, Giannis, Braun, Steph, Luca, Kawhi, Jokic, Harden, Embiid, Dame, Dame's the 10, 11AD, mm-hmm. uh, Donovan Mitchell, Tatum, Paul George, Devin Booker, Kyrie, Trey Young, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, Jimmy Butler, and then my first three out were uh, Jaw, SGA, and Zion. So I, got a, I had it all wrong when I first said that uh, Jaw was my 20 because I didn't see Kyrie. But okay. I, that's no. my, like, 23
0: list. I'll read mine really quick. Steph Curry, 1, LeBron, 2, Katie 3, Giannis, 4, 5, Luka, 6, Jokic, 7, Beal, 8, Embiid, 9, Kyrie, 10, Kawhi, 11, Dame, 12, Russ, 13, Harden, 14, Tatum, um, 15, Mitchell, 16, AD, 17, Zion, 18, Paul George, 19, Booker, 20, Trae Young. I just took out CP3 just because yeah. he's aging and his... I mean statistically speaking he wasn't near yeah. the rest of no the players. i get
1: it. uh that is really tough to do that exercise it's, it's tougher than you think yeah Yeah, we're uh i'm sure that throughout the season um at different you know checkpoints similar to today with the nfl almost a quarter through we'll, we'll kind of like brush up on this list or you know mention who we have the top 10 as uh but i guess th- those are our personal uh top 20 ish lists uh, going into the season and uh the last thing we really had planned for uh, you guys before uh, we wrap it up is, uh, Sam, I think that you had text me about this. So why don't you uh, go ahead and... I wanted, yeah, I wanted to do a segment just talking about... Because, I mean, every year there's a
0: bust, right? So mm-hmm. I want to talk about the draft a little bit and kind of talk about which player or players that we may have thought or like we may think is might be a bust somewhere down the line mm.
1: and and we uh i know we we kind of put like the restriction on top 10 right
0: we did a top 10 restriction just because I, I think even though 15 is the lottery in the nba i think anything out of top 10 is kind of like you kind
1: of assume that there might be a higher chance that they might not make it you Yeah. Know? also i think uh if we did a top 15 i think the we both or it would have been redundant in the sense that we probably both would have picked josh primo Mm. uh the guy the spurs drafted at four or 12 or 14 i forget yeah um but yeah at any rate um let's uh let's let's dive right in let's go top 10. um let's uh let's actually run through the top 10 really quick because it's actually been a couple months uh since the draft so let me pull it up real quick and uh and get you and read out the uh results I honestly when I was going back and looking at it I forgot about some of these picks mm-hmm. uh, so obviously one we have uh, Pistons Kate Cunningham uh, Rockets Jalen Green Cavs uh, Evan Mobley uh, raps Raptors go uh, Scotty Barnes magic draft Jalen Suggs Thunder take Josh Giddy, Warriors take Jonathan Kaminga magic take Franz Wagner uh, Kings take Davion Mitchell and then Pelicans take uh, Zaire Williams at 10 so that's yeah. the, that's the top 10 rounded up mm-hmm. do you want to go first I will, and you know, I kind of, I kind of broke mine up okay.
0: because I struggled with it. I struggled to choose one of these two players, so I kind of broke it up into top ten and then top five. Okay. Because I think the we're one, the, same ones. the one player was in the top five. The other player was uh, within the top ten. Okay. So my first pick is Franz Wagner, okay. for the Magic. So okay. this pick was weird to me. I almost feel like they made it just because Mo, his older brother, is on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels like a a weird fit, but also I, I want to just be objective and look at... Although I think they could have made a, a pick and got a player with more value or upside, I think that their current roster and their previous draft picks kind of limited like who they were able to pick. Because he's obviously like a, a small forward, power forward type of guy, and that magic... <laughs> team is just loaded with, yeah. with guards yeah exactly so they couldn't have really I mean they even drafted like you said Jalen Suggs exactly so yeah. you couldn't really go guard again um and a lot of the good small forwards power forwards had already gone selected so it was tough but it just almost felt like they wanted to reunite the brothers and I, I don't know I just personally feel like they could have gone a different direction made a better pick I mean just his stats really quick from college 12 and a half points per game points per game 6.5 and a half rebounds 3.0 assists on 47 and uh, and a half shooting basically which not bad but I mean for a top 10 pick I feel like you want a little bit more mm-hmm.
1: I don't know that's just, I agree. so that was just my kind of first thought I totally agree uh, I I had Franz Wagner uh, as my two um, that I was considering mm-hmm. when I first thought about it yeah. um, I actually uh, I went with Zaire Williams okay so uh, Zaire Williams obviously he was a very highly touted uh recruit coming out of Sierra Canyon. Um he kinda had like a weird uh year there where he like I think he missed like ten games and then he mm-hmm. came like halfway through the season and just exploded. Um I believe he was a five star, ended up going to Stanford. Um but I think it's interesting because he so he's on the Memphis Grizzlies, he was the tenth pick. Uh and his year at Stanford was just really bizarre. Um he only started fourteen games out of twenty. Um, averaged 28 minutes a game, uh, averaged 10 points, um, four and a half rebounds, and two assists. Uh, he shot the ball 37% from the field altogether mm-hmm. and 29% from three. Yeah, um, He's a really, he's like a long, lanky guy. He's like six, I mean, he's 6'8, 190. Um, that's what he was, at least in, in college. So, I mean, if, if the idea is that they're going to, you know, try and build him into this, you know, Pop and shoot three uh, wing who can kind of play versatile defense. Uh, I mean, the shooting numbers are just hideous. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, I, I mean, if you're shooting twenty nine percent in college, you know how am I supposed to project you to be a, a uh, reliable or even solid three point shooter in the NBA? No, I um, can completely see that point of view. I don't know. I just think it was a weird pick. I didn't really understand it, and I uh, I don't know if if I'm a uh, you know, building this Grizzlies team, and I have Jaw and you know Jaren Jackson, and I, what I think is a lot of talent. Uh, even though the team admittedly took it a step back mm-hmm. with like their offseason moves, um, I just don't really love the fit. No, I completely, see, I completely see your side on that. And
0: the other player that I was thinking of for the top five kind of has similar struggles in the same way, and that was Scotty Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of like you mentioned, he also didn't start very many games at FSU. He started seven out of their uh, 24 games. So he was like their six-man type of guy, which I'm not saying you can't draft a six-man, him be good. I I think Devin Booker didn't start a single game for Kentucky. Exactly. I do where he's at. um, So, yeah, he started seven out of the 24 games, uh, shot
1: 50%
0: uh, for field goals, which – I think a lot of that's kind of skewed. I think he was kind of an inside guy, so he's taking high percentage shots in the first place. Um, but then when you look at his three-point percentage, it's .275, so 27.5%, which on a Raptors team who's already in this, like, rebuild mode who's like, they don't have a lot of good pieces anyways. I don't know why you'd pick a player that's going to limit your ability to score, mm-hmm. Um it's already limit it's already limited as it is so but i mean just his college stat: 10 and a, or like 10.3 points a game four rebounds 4.1 assists on 50 shooting 50 yeah. percent shooting so it's just weird i i know i've heard people talk about him as like some sort of like very versatile player who can do it all but just watching him play he almost he seems very sluggish and slow and like his like I mean, this is just me being biased. Not biased, but just being an observer. But, like, he just looks like his body hurts all the time. He runs kind of mm. stiff. So, I, I, again, I just don't know how he's going to help an already
1: struggling team. That's just I me. I, no, I think those were all valid points. Um, I think I think the pick was, uh, I mean, for me at least, it was, like, a little surprising. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't, like, blown away by by any means, but... I certainly was surprised. Um, and I think kind of to go off that before we wrap it up, uh, something that's worth mentioning was uh, the thunder taking Josh Giddy at six. Yeah. Uh, I think rightfully so. A lot of people have been a little curious uh, as to like, you know, how good kind of a pick it was. Um, I think that, you know, quite honestly, it's a crapshoot. Uh, I could be horribly wrong and he could be awful, but uh, I think he's a talented player. I think that, it would be underwhelming for me to describe him as like Joe Ingles, but a far better passer and a more limited shooter right now. Cause that, like when you say that, you're like, well, that sounds weird for the six overall pick. Like I don't don't want that. Uh But I actually really think he's, he's a pretty interesting player to watch. He's very creative, uh, super crafty with the ball. Um, seems like always poised when he has the ball in his hand, uh, Mm -hmm. extremely natural with his passing and his kicks. Um, but I think his scoring is going to be something to watch early. And I would imagine that he's going to have like a good amount of opportunities on the thunder, uh, in the next year or two to have the ball in his hand and try and score. Um, but I think if this one works out, this could be really, uh, this, this, this could be like the, uh, the next connection, you know, Kitty being the, uh, like point forward and SGA being the, uh, The scoring guard so i'm I'm excited to see what comes of that for sure
0: yeah there's always going to be that foreigner stigma yeah people always get weirder when their team drafts some person who didn't play in the united states just because i mean there is a smaller sample size of those players yeah and the majority of them have not panned out exactly so that's always going to be there so it kind of makes sense that people are a little worried about him but to your point i think he is a more athletic joe ingles not the comparison is kind of funny because they're both from
1: Australia yeah. but you know it's it's pretty accurate when you put it that way yeah exactly well uh I think that that does it for that wraps it up yeah that wraps it up for our content uh you know as we said uh this upcoming week um what is it Bears at Raiders Bears at Raiders and uh Cardinals play uh at home versus the Niners which I'll be uh I'll be in attendance at so we'll uh we'll have some nice content uh coming forward next week and uh you know over the next couple of weeks you can uh, expect us to really uh put some more uh, basketball in and uh maybe even have uh, exclusively you know nba or nfl podcasts uh depending upon what's going on so Mm -hmm. uh thank you for listening and uh we'll see you guys next week peace